I love that we're uh, we're lined up like a panel. This is a Star Wars therapy panel. And now it's time to go to therapy. But I was going into Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. Obi Wan. But we must persevere, and in time, a new hope will emerge. May the Force be with you, always. Hello and welcome to the one-year anniversary of Star Wars Therapy. Sorry, I'm imitating the soundboard that our Patreons have definitely paid for at this point. <laughs> so, If you keep bringing it up in every episode, one will mysteriously appear in the studio. And also, $295 approximately will end up on my Discover card. But other you than have that... To, you have to manifest these things. You gotta do it, man. You just gotta will these things. That's a specific thing. Like, not to reveal anything, but like... Is that like your exact amount of debt or something? Uh, what no, is with it, that? No, it's much higher. <laughs> 295 um, me, is such a specific number. Let me make that very clear. My debt is much higher than that. It's so, okay. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. Happy May the 4th, y'all. Happy uh, May 4th. Happy May it's the Star 4th. Wars Day. It, it is. is. Yay. And to celebrate both Star Wars Day and our year anniversary of doing this show, our 12th episode... We are going to watch uh, New Hope and do a commentary of it. Yes, it was a it was a tight debate between this and Phantom Menace, but then we decided to watch something that we actually could enjoy. Um, also, it's fifteen minutes shorter. Yes, fifteen minutes shorter. <laughs> um, lack lack of a diverse score, I will say. Um, also, we get to talk about Wedge. The true, uh, <laughs> the true hero of Star yeah. Wars. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> New Hope has something Phantom Menace doesn't, and that is and that Wedge, is wedge. Antilles. <laughs> Listen, Rise of Skywalker also has Wedge. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we we all know how that turned out. Um, we will get to Rise of Skywalker. Nine in, years from now. Yeah, in a while. <laughs> or in year 10 of the podcast, and we've finally gotten up to 100 listeners. Um. <laughs> it's a slow crawl, baby. But uh, if y'all want to watch alongside us, we are watching the version that's on Disney Plus. Just so uh, the McClunky cut. It, uh, I was yes, about to say. I was about to say that. You better call it the McClunky. I was going to say release the McClunky cut. <laughs> um, so I'm going to release it. I've watched it already. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go over there and hit play. Alex, if you could count me down so that the listeners also know when they need to hit play. Sure. While he's walking over to the desk, may I uh, intro us with a joke? Yes. All right. And so the bartender hands me a midichlorian, but I ordered a Mai Tai. <laughs> I want, it's been I one want, year, I want ladies money. and gentlemen. I want money. No, this is a collaborative effort. Fair. <laughs> Can't disagree with you there. All right, all right. Just let me know when you're ready, and I'll give you the countdown. Oh, that's an immediate thumbs up. Three, two, one. Happy Play. New Year! Wait, hold, oh. Caleb. <laughs> He's got to set it to Frank Case. <laughs> I speak Frank Case, everybody. My name's Caleb. I'm you know a man funny? of culture. I knew he was going to do that, too. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Are right, we going? We're going. That's Lucasfilm right okay. there. Okay. Thank God. That we have subtitles. <laughs> trying to watch this in a way that will not uh, affect our audio levels. So the it's quiet, but we can read. But also, we've seen this a million times. So uh, this is I my have first a feeling. Viewing. I don't, what's Star Wars? Well, Star Wars came out in 1977. It was a hit. Wait, nothing's quick, ever is come it from it. Five years old this year. Mm, if Whoa, that's how math, math works. Math? 
if that's how math works. Yeah, right. And like it might be like I mean it's April right now, but it might be this month, right? It came out in May. It was a period yeah. of civil hey, war. Hey, happy birthday, Star Rebel, Wars! Rebel spaceship strength from a yeah, forty-five years. Their first victory against the evil Galactic Empire. Oh, oh, this is all right. Stephen's uh, reading the text. During crawl. the battle, Rebel spies managed to steal secret plans. His name was Cassian Andor. That He's got a series that, coming to Disney Plus this summer. Sorry, they edited this version really weird <laughs> to have. Uh, for some reason, uh, they want to keep reminding everyone that Andor is coming out. <laughs> Much like Caleb, I, who I I'm sure is being paid by Disney at this point. <laughs> I wish I was to, being paid by yeah, Disney. I wish I was being shilled out for this. I want some of that Mickey money. <laughs> Wait, I, I was reading that wrong, and I thought it said, Leia, custodian of the stolen plants. Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Leia, a lowly janitor. <laughs> You've already missed, like, half of the half of the crawl at this point. Just freedom to the galaxy, ellipses. Uh, when was the first time y'all actually read the crawl? Um, oh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I think I more or less saw the crawl as just like a shape for a while. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like especially the way it like goes off at the very end and it looks like literally it's physically going through space. I, I always just looked at it as a shape. It's kind of mm-hmm. like how when you're a kid, you don't really put together that Anakin and Darth Vader are the same person when you're watching the movies. You're like, wait a minute, what? You know, did we all have that moment? No, because... Was it just me? I because it's just you but well i came into star wars but i already knew like a lot of the plot points and stuff about it because i probably watched it the latest out of the three of us hmm. when, so, when were we what how old were you i don't know 10 11 whoa so, yeah that's way later yeah yeah i was like five i was pretty sheltered i have up. no idea i just i don't I know a time it. when i haven't had star wars in my life also i i love this beginning scene because like it instantly, it, regardless of the fact that like there were no movies prior to this, you understand immediately what the threat is. It's like all no right. movies prior to this. You heard it here first, yeah, folks. Uh, Star Wars and <laughs> film. I meant Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Citizen Kane, who's she? <laughs> no, I just mean like like you see the big ship and the little ship. It's just obvious symbolism of big threat little resistance running away you uh, understand exactly where the re- rebellion uh, is at this point i, was I love about that. say there's a rebellion in this one um not the resistance but you know uh, what the hell i mean <laughs> well language uh <laughs> that's right everyone i used hell just like star wars just like, there, we will that's have the none next of that. movie none <laughs> of us <laughs> Oh, yay, that means I get to bring back my uh, what is religion in Star Wars tangent that I definitely went on in another episode, but I will do it on the next one, too. <laughs> I do love how 70s everyone looks in this. I wish they I would double... The and I'm sure they are doing that now, but like I see the prequels and I don't see much aughts in it. I hope that in the whatever movies they do next, it looks very 2020s. You know, whatever uh, whatever the twenty twenties looks like, because here's oh my god, yeah, everyone has everyone's got one on the sides, big on top, big beard, glasses, and a tattoo that is ironic, but no one else gets it for them. <laughs> but yeah, oh, trust it's Bobby me, Bobby Hill. But I've never seen King of the Hill. <laughs> trust me, they will explain it to you. Damn it, Bobby, am I right? Uh, yeah, this, yeah, this beer is an, an IPA. Uh, (laughs) sir the ship is blowing up Uh, jerry just died stop drinking your ipas please for once you've been doing this since college please just stop the good thing is that they make the hops out of organic hops so uh, oh god we all knew someone in college 
We all did. Anyway, Darth Vader's this is first wo- appearance. He's, <laughs> I was about to say, this is wonderful. Anyway, literally, uh, <laughs> anyway, literally the most defining character in all of sci-fi <laughs> just showing up. I love that he puts his hands on his hips and is just like, <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not cleaning that up. Did that <laughs> uh, there it is. Uh, reference to the Jedi who shall not be named. Or, I'm sorry, janitor. <laughs> janitor. Very cool designs. Obviously, C-3PO inspired by Metropolis and R2-D2 inspired by a trash can. <laughs> R2 inspired by a little gnome. And then uh, it's a little gnome Princess Leia, who is inspired by Pillsbury. But it is really cool inspired for, for both her buns. outfit and her hair. It, and takes, I- it takes a good long while to get really into, like, into a human character's perspective. Yeah. Obviously, we're following R2-D2, but even Darth Vader doesn't look human. Yeah, well, no, I mean, it, there's, there's that removal in terms of it being personal. The only people we see are the ones being taken. I mean, even the stormtroopers, like, I like that they don't have emotions because then you you have to take them seriously. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's one of those things. It's like it's a really good way of introducing that, like, Star Wars is about more than... Or, I mean, the universe itself is about more than just the people in it. Yeah, that's so fair. It's about like these ominous figures that are currently choking uh, Captain Antilles. Bye, and throwing Captain him against Antilles. the wall. <laughs> but, huh? I said goodbye, Captain Antilles. Bye. Is, I, Maybe is he'll he be in the Andor show. You know, I is never he? question Because they do have the same last name. But, but Wedge I don't is from Tatooine. Like explicitly <laughs> um, yeah, I've never actually looked into that at all. They're going to set their blasters to stun, something they do once. <laughs> I always liked that effect as a kid, though. <laughs> the beaming circle out of it. Yeah. See, that's, yeah, it's real nice. I think that's the one thing Star Wars has above anything else is that it immediately, like, this movie in particular, like, you really get sucked in by the set design. Yeah. And by, like, the world it's creating. Not so, not to say the characters, but I mean, you even said, like, you don't really find a, a perspective you can kind of hook on to until like you get to Tatooine and you meet Luke, which actually like for the time, like if you, if you think about like modern blockbusters and like we don't meet the main character until 20 minutes in, like Mm. that would not be the case. Now you would meet the main character like immediately or you'd get a scene with the villain, right? Then you establish someone who's going to be in the movie for a while. This one you have two people who are going to be in the movie for a while, but they're not like, like C-3PO is not going to duel Darth Vader at the end of this. Yeah. Well, we'll get there. We'll but, get there. And obviously, <laughs> in the alternate cut of Rise of Skywalker, obviously, time travel. Obviously, they're inspired by the two characters from Hidden Fortress who are themselves inspired by uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. But it, it just starts showing this, like the layers of influence that George Lucas is taking into this. It's also important to remember George Lucas's cut of this was completely unusable and made no sense. So, like, <laughs> it's one of those things where maybe all those influences got in the way occasionally. Patton Oswalt had a really good, uh, really good quote about like directing and editing. He was like, "Look, if you've seen a movie that you love that's directed by a man." Chances are it was edited by a woman. Star Wars, great example. It was just, oh, look at everything I have. Look at all of my creativity. And then like she goes, okay, I'm going to have to make a movie out of this. <laughs> it's like, 
It's literally like uh, the reproductive process. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now women go, all right, well, you've had your fun. Now I'm going to make a child. That, like, that's I, how it works. Yeah. <laughs> now my body's going to do all of the work, and you're going to go, I did that. Me. Like, put my name on there. We are pregnant. We. <laughs> um. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's usually the you stuff just, that would get caught, went, cut. Um, <laughs> yeah, my allergies. Yeah. My allergies are acting up, and I've recorded two other podcasts today. Oh, so, dude, <laughs> dude trust me, I got it. Uh, I feel bad. Uh, by the way, everyone, I did a, an episode of uh, the All New Fifty Two with my dear friend Caleb and our friend Joe, where I talk about Mister Miracle, and uh, on that you can hear my voice in full nasal. Go, yeah, I really like Mister Miracle. It's a great comic. About the new God, the I noticed that I, my allergies were so bad during that episode and I felt so bad. I do want to point out the wear and tear on C-3PO in this scene as they walk through the desert. I was literally just thinking that and how I've never realized how quickly they get all of this on them. Oh, I'm like, yeah. They I'm, just stepped out of that pod. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. dude, you've walked a <laughs> no, hundred like, feet. <laughs> You know what's what really- is coming out of C-3PO's like bolt thing on his chest? Like, is he, <laughs> he already that damaged? Cinnamon, cinnamon. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's entire he's that's entirely where, fueled by cinnamon. That's where Anakin installed the cinnamon tray. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, C-3PO. I put this on you. You know, it's not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. The ship in the back. Um, I don't know if you guys were into Power Rangers back in the day, but uh, like, yeah, I, I always thought of. The I was scene. annoyingly into it. <laughs> me, dude, you have no idea. My, my friends would like ask me if we could play something else, and I would like vote against it. Be like, no, we're playing Power Rangers. Power Rangers. would be like, but, this is the sixth time this week. I don't care. No, we're playing the, Power Rangers. <laughs> this part in the desert, though, like when their ship is crashed, the way it looks off in the distance. I, it looks like the beginning with Rita Repulsa, where she's like, "It's been three hundred years." <laughs> like, you know what I'm talking about? It's no, time but to I believe. Oh wait, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I thought it was always that. Where I, I kind of just wish she would have shouted like a much shorter amount of time, though. Like, it's been three hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's three minutes. It's been sixteen minutes. Time to conquer. <laughs> <laughs> Get the a, remains uh, of the crate dragon. I was about to say, that's yeah. a crate dragon, isn't it? It's really cool how, like, I think one thing with Star Wars I find amazing is that there is a backstory for literally anything if you want it to be. Yeah, and this backstory was just revealed in the new Lego Star Wars game where you go uh, kill a crate dragon for Yaddle. Wait, what? <laughs> There's yeah, so... a whole side thing for Yaddle? <laughs> yeah, so Yaddle's in the game, which, okay, for the for the listeners who don't know, Yaddle is female Yoda. Yaddle uh, is Yoda. You can see her in the background of the council a... sometimes. Uh, she's not always there, though. But she's in Lego Star Wars, and if you approach her and talk to her to get her to, like, you know, to like have access to her character to play in the game, you have to go to Tatooine and kill a crate dragon. If you Why? two want, I don't know. She's in the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If but you two you want Yaddle. to complete a Yaddle run, <laughs> you'll need to go to <laughs> go I, through this. I do like the idea. Yaddle is obviously female Yoda, but I also like the idea that it's just a version of Yoda who's really into Kid Rock, so they grew a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> This is a This is a great scene that's very um it's like very ominous and very like it changes the tone of things. But when you think about it, it's like 
it's also it slows down the movie, but yeah. not from a pacing perspective, just from a like a a literal like speed. Yeah, <laughs> it is actually slow. We are watching R two move we, through the desert. <laughs> we are watching him being oh, attacked. Good. Oh, sad. Speaking alien language. Also, like Ooh, you know, I've always known like. I've always known what Jawas were ever since I was a kid, obviously, so I don't really think about it, but, like, can you imagine being a droid walking down a, uh, a lone dark alley at night uh, against your mother's wishes, and then just, like, like 12 hooded... <laughs> I don't, don't even know what, because you never see them. 12 hooded dwarves. They just, like, they just tase you. Oh, God. Start carrying you away. They're going to go take him to the alien Snow White. They are, <laughs> which is C three PO. That's no, that's not till Return of the Jedi. <laughs> the sand crawler here is. I love this shot. It's just yeah, so beautiful. Good. But it's also this is my favorite, one of my favorite vehicles in the Star Wars. Everything mm-hmm. about it is really like satisfying. I mean, in terms of like the the tread moving and like how big it is, but also like how angular it is. I think really adds to the whole like. I don't know. It adds to the design. It seems very intentional. Yeah, I always like that. Some of the ships, like in other sci-fi things, you can tell they're like, we wanted to make it look weird and alien, and it just looks like there's a bunch of stuff on it that doesn't have any function whatsoever. But at this one, you're like, oh no, it's simple because it it's literally designed for just crawling through the sand. Yeah, that's all it does. And for me, I just think it's hilarious how it contrasts with like the extremely short stature of the Jawas. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, what do they need all that for? That's like basically a hotel that moves. It'd be like a, it'd be like a child driving a Panzer tank. Gonk, gonk. First gonk. Maybe o- maybe only gonk in this one. Are there more gonks? Yeah, I don't think so. We'll I was see. more so just thinking for the for the saga as a whole. Release the gonk. True. Hey, remember in Legends when uh, that droid was a Jedi? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, uh, what's his name? R4? Wait, no, no that's... R4 is Obi-Wan's. Yeah. It's like... I'll look it up. Okay. Gonk, gonk, gonk. Gonk, gonk, gonk. Gonk, gonk, See. My edit of this movie is every time the gonk droid walks, there's someone with a uh, trombone behind him. Just gonk, 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 gonk. Um, All of the droid designs in this scene in the Sandcrawler, I liked infinitely more than C three PO. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I get that, you. Like the, at the, the one same with time, the weird though, angular like, like faces and stuff, and like the weird bug looking ones. Like, I like those because I was like, man, that's just way more interesting. Skippy well, is his name. Skippy. <laughs> Skippy. I just like that scene reminds me of like. Uh, when Woody and Buzz get kidnapped, or yeah, kidnapped in uh, Toy Story, oh, and they go into yeah. Sid's house, and there's all those like yeah. destroyed toy. I recently watched Toy that. Story. Holds uh, up really well, re- by the way. Toy Story Two uh, in particular, I think, holds up really well. Yeah, I gotta watch that next. Oh, Honestly, um, Toy Story Four, pretty solid. Too. I really, I have not seen it. Yeah, I think a lot of people overlooked it because they're like Toy Story Three, such a satisfying ending. But what you realize is that Toy Story Three is Andy's ending. But Toy, Toy Story, Story 4 is, is, Woody's, yeah. is Woody's. Okay, yeah, that's kind of what I've heard. Also, you know what I find amazing is that, like, in this scene, like, we just... So just before this, like, they cut to, like, stormtroopers in the desert, and we kind of get our first, like, sign of what what awful is to come in the special edition. Mm. Um, but, like, they put in the CGI of, like, the, sword, the stormtrooper, like, uh, on top of the weird, like, lizard worm thing, and... 
Yeah, I'm that looked awful. I'm right so now. sorry. It, I mean, it, it yeah, was so <laughs> fluid. I'm just like, no, we're gonna... how did you make a sand crawler work with no CGI? Hey, and yet you were like, yeah, got to push this. Look, we're gonna point it out in like 20 minutes or so. But remember, there's that awful sweep shot with that I was monster. Thinking that, where it's just every every shot Her sweep is so dense. Yeah. <laughs> but can I be perfectly honest? I still have not seen this. Uh, the despecialized editions. Oh yeah, me neither. There were I two. have I have the VHS back in my room. I just don't have a VHS player. Oh, see, they they're actually pretty worth it from uh, from what I've seen and heard. Like I, I've looked up like clips and stuff. Of course, like they they're all like terrible quality because no one has like a high rip of it. But like, yeah, it, you can tell it was made with love. You I will definitely tell that. Something I'll say right here is I. It's just I am a droid abolitionist. As was established on our last episode. As on our last episode that we, you won't hear the argument of. Uh, Star Wars episode episode 10, the lost episode. But getting back to Skippy. Oh, there's a gonk droid. Oh, hey, Hi-oh. number two. Um, but what you get with Skippy is, which is, of course, not this. It's added in Stop Legends. It. He When he is selected and then blows his top and then they have to go for R2-D2, he does that because he feels the force. Being like, oh, R2 needs to meet with Luke. And so he commits suicide to get it done. Is that canon? Not anymore. That's Legends. No, that's still canon. There's <laughs> nothing directly contradicting that. I'm counting that as canon. But there are <laughs> other droids who are Jedis, and I think that just proves to me that droids have their own like consciousness beyond their programming. Like, because how can you be alive and not? Is this what this is going to turn into, I, Caleb? Are you probably. Trying to, are you trying to redeem the episode that we lost on, dro- on droidisms? I just... Guys, shush. I need to know if he speaks bocce. <laughs> <laughs> how often... How how often Wait, does Uncle Owen need bocce? <gasps> yeah! <laughs> he said the line! The power converter slide. That is... Sorry, go ahead. That's my favorite audio drop in our uh, in our intro. A hundred percent, yes. Because it's like therapy or Tashi Tashi Station. So, <laughs> I I saw a uh, clip of <laughs> that's really funny. And when you really I, think about that, oh my god, guys will do anything to avoid going to therapy. <laughs> oh, guys will do anything to avoid going tower. to Tashi Station. <laughs> Uh, I saw a clip of Mark Hamill um, recently. Ah, I don't know if it's a Skippy. recent clip, but I saw the clip recently uh, where he was talking about uh, like how much. I mean, like we all we all know, like Carrie Fisher like had to edit some of like the dialogue that Lucas wrote because it was crazy. Yeah, uh, Mark Hamill was talking about his input, and it's because uh, apparently a lot of his lines were just like the Tashi Station <laughs> line, <laughs> where he's just where like Luke's already kind of whiny in this movie, but apparently it was like ten times worse. <laughs> you know, honestly, I think that's the problem is that like when it comes to writing a young, like you know wide-eyed character you kind of look at this it's like how do how do i put it it's like luke in these movies is more bearable because he's like 20 like you know whereas you give the same demeanor to a child like you did in phantom menace and it doesn't (laughs) work because the actor cannot realize that what they're being given is really cringy and they can't really 
course correct but from that. That's an interesting question I have here. So because Luke feels younger than that. I mean, just in that shot, he's playing with a toy spaceship. Yeah. Which admittedly is something I might do if I had like just something at my desk. If I thought no one was looking, yeah. I probably would too. <laughs> um, but i.e. why i'm glad legos are in my life (laughs) but i do think it's interesting when you watch something to try to pin down how exactly are they doing the age of the character because obviously there are great examples of teenage characters who feel like teenage characters but then you have things like toby mcguire spider-man where it's like for some reason this 30 year old high school (laughs) but of course believe me as a kid you just have a 27 year old as a kid, you just accept it. And yeah. you're like, and same with Luke. I had no idea how old he was when I was a kid, but he was older than me and not as old as my dad. So he was cool. <laughs> <laughs> the metric of measuring age. <laughs> ah, nice and shiny. Just think of how, how much work they had to do to wear down these droids and then shine them back up. And then wear them down again. Yeah, do you think they're like, we got to shoot the shiny scenes first. got to shoot the shiny scenes first. So for those of you watching along, we are getting to the hologram message of Princess Leia. Probably one of the more homaged things. Yeah, where she says, help me, Obi-Wan, I need some dope. That, that yeah. Oh, that's, sorry. That's, that's what that's what Carrie Fisher was saying. They said, no, Leia, you got to stop. Well, it's what the t- subtitle said, too. So, you know, yeah. 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 That I is, think you're right about that. That actually. is part of the McClunky that, cut. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that translates to McClunky. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's in here, by the way. <laughs> what, McClunky? It was not in the original special edition. So, okay, so... F- well, I mean, there's there's tons of stuff in this edit that actually wasn't, because every time a new release came out, George added at least a little something. From Which, what I understand, this was like the final thing... And when he sold it to Disney, that was like a part of it. That's like, I have this to is the digital version. If you put it somewhere, like, it's this version. <laughs> I, I think that's correct. I'm probably wrong. I, but no, that's the no. story I've heard. The and it, I, it's very believable I to me. I fully believe that. Well, that makes the most sense, actually. <laughs> and I'm 100% on board for George Lucas making as many cuts of this as he wants. I just want them all available. I want yes. the original. Yeah. I want That's the- my thing. Making the other ones not available literally, it, it, it makes it so hard to enjoy the things that matter. Because like the thing is with the special, and I'm sure we're going to get into it eventually, but it's like it actually changes story beats. If it was just visual things i wouldn't care well and even if it was story beats i think that'd be an interesting experiment however mm. i want the original or at least right. it's, it's the blade runner thing where it's like it's it certainly is interesting that there are seven cuts of this but there are like two that are good and those are the ones i want <laughs> access to yeah well, exactly it's one of those things it's like yes they should absolutely give us like the unaltered cut but which they will after George Lucas dies. I know we've talked yeah. about this. I don't know if it's been on the if it's been on the podcast, but I'm personally of the opinion that the sillier the cuts get, the more funny it is. Oh, because same. just McClunky we've seen so many altered things by this point that like we should not still be in the boat of like, oh, I can't believe they changed it because we've especially only known the changed versions. What if? Uh, and so like you know. I'm down for anything at this point. I laugh at McClunky. I think McClunky is amazing. <laughs> so, uh, like, what would you do if, like, they gave out the original versions of Star Wars? They were completely unedited. It was exactly how they were meant to be seen. But the only difference is that when, 
when the twin sons come up, it has George Lucas's face in one of them. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and he's just looking like he's just looking like there's a lot of they fight. You see, fades. I'm, you I'm see, so. Wait, are you saying that's the only version? That's the only difference. No, no, no. I'm that's, saying like, yeah, that's the only I'm version of Star like, Wars. <laughs> no, that's the only version you ever get to see. No, I mean they yes finally no. release like the original cut. It's yeah. just that's the only alteration, yeah. and they don't like ever release the actual cut. No, yeah, that's the. Only I one. think that's funnier. <laughs> okay, cool. I think that's like the ultimate troll no, is to are, be like, hey, you've asked for this for literal decades at this point, and all here the, you go, and then you get like you know twenty five into the mo- minutes into the the movie or whatever there's just oh, mashed potatoes <laughs> i'm I so old i sold star wars to the white slavers whoa george <laughs> maybe don't call them that they gave you four billion dollars <laughs> i am um, i'm so irony poisoned on star wars like and most things because of the internet then like cool more fuel for the memes <laughs> <laughs> at this point it's like especially being like I think the thing is, too, eventually when you're a fan of something for, like, so long, whether it be DC Comics or Marvel or Star Wars or whatever, it's like eventually if you know the world well enough, you really just get involved to where you're like, look, I know the parts that mean something to me. Yeah. I I don't care in regards to, like, everything else. It's like, yeah, I make fun of Star Wars all the time. I also love Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I also make fun of Batman being like, they say that I'm in the shadows. But I am the shadows. Well, and you like, can... things like that. You just, oh, there it is. Here we go. Here's George. Lucas's George. face. Oh, there's my face. Um, and then Grogu's in the bottom, and he goes someday. So every <laughs> everyone's favorite space twink is going to look out over the two worlds. And this is this is just such a great moment <laughs> to get into Luke's head. And like, I I think visually this story this story beats told really well. I think part of the reason that newer star or a lesson newer star wars can take from this is like have moments where you can relax with your characters yeah and that's just 100 percent what this is it's just it's a nice like quiet moment that he just like you know looks out to the distance and it's supposed to be like this and actually it's for- supposed to be the start of his journey and you hear john williams music swell up and it's beautiful and it's just it's i'm actually like oh god sorry i recorded this a little bit later than usual um my my thing is with it is like not even moments of quiet. It's just understanding that sometimes the best way to tell a story is not saying anything because mm-hmm. like, I really do think that's the, the biggest detriment that the prequels have is just you over explain everything, but we understand everything from what we're seeing. You know, like I said mm-hmm. it earlier, okay, big ship chasing after little ship. We understand big threat, small rebel alliance against it trying to get away we understand that with no dialogue in this it's like we had the conversation with his uncle and his aunt saying like about where he's going in life and then he looks off in the distance at two sons we hear no no inner monologue no i guess maybe life is more than just a ranch maybe i shouldn't be drinking blue milk all the time is lactose really in my life it's like things like that you didn't need crap like that in the middle of this so you just needed him looking off into the distance and i think with the prequels it's just that everyone had to keep talking and talking and talking like yeah in the phantom menace the the scene where like uh 
I, it's like Anakin and Qui-Gon and, and Padme and all those people are like walking down like the Tatooine like street in the market and mm. everyone has to keep saying things yeah. like oh hey Anakin oh here's this oh I stopped on the purpose they're just like look just stop talking like please. you know I'll, and with that I will stop talking because that was a huge rant about that no I I get you but I'll I'll take that and and say this which is how conversations work uh <laughs> I think that that's actually something they kind of improve on over the course of that trilogy, and I Absolutely. think it I think it like perfectly bookends like with funerals because even though like Qui Gon's funeral is like a really somber, beautiful scene, like there's still like dialogue, there's still people like not wholly paying attention to it, uh, and then like you know you cut to the end of Revenge of the Sith and you have Padme's funeral, in which case no one's talking, everyone's even just sad. Yeah, even Jar Jar. You see Jar Jar for a split second, and you're like, oh, crap. Me, someone to give the eulogy. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, yeah, just like to its credit, I think, we like, eventually they got here today. that. <laughs> oh, my God. Banthas are so cute. I love Go them. Go off Bantha. and make Bantha babies. Tuscan Raiders are so cute. Uh, so, do you guys know Look the detail about this scene? Uh, I've probably heard it, but go ahead so, and share. Because so, we're seeing, we're seeing the uh, scene where uh, uh, Luke Skywalker is. Narrowly avoiding having a Tuscan Raider like bashing on his head. Fun fact: uh-huh. the actor who was the Tuscan Raider could not see out of that thing, so all of the dodges <laughs> and the look of terror on Mark Hamill's face real. are real. <laughs> like he literally had to dodge because he was like, "Oh God!" Like. <laughs> also, we just skipped over maybe one of the more intrusive uh, special editions: <laughs> the rock, all the extra rocks, <laughs> the rocks that disappear between. <laughs> Uh, depending on what angle the camera's at. How did he get like, behind rocks. the rocks? I also love this. He makes a crate dragon sound, but the visual is just like a man drunkenly like wandering around <laughs> with his robes swinging. It's a KKK member who bought the wrong robes. Too bad. All right. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's, sorry. I, honest listen, to God. Steven, he looked like that. He looked like Alistair honestly, Crowley off of the side. Steven, I, I you're wanna... a Moon Knight fan. I understand you have <laughs> <laughs> hello, uh, there. hello there come out from those cg rocks i actually did want to laugh at that i was just like so curious about what caleb's reaction was gonna be that i, didn't I was just like anything. wow thanks for the silence guys this is how a podcast works sometimes one I, person does a joke no one has petty sometimes i can't yes and buddy Buddy, that's how friends work. You're fortunate to be in one piece. You remind me of this whiny little man that I met who made me go off to Earth and meet Will Smith prior to the slap. Uh, oh, Check oh. out episode six, everybody. <laughs> which uh, which episode do you recommend people start with? Uh, you know, it's kind of a hard one because like, it depends on like what people kind of want to get to know about mm. us and our perspective. I think, like, for me, I think, like, in terms of... Uh, if you okay, if you know Star Wars pretty well and you're like you just kind of want to hear three guys talk about weird things in it, I really think episode 3 is fun because it's like, you know, you talk about Dexter Jetster and like the characters we would like we would um we would interview. I really think that that was um that was uh, the moment where I was like we really vibe and like that was where I feel like we came into our, like our stride. But I feel like in an analytical sense um the the most fun I had, honestly, was the 2D Clone Wars yeah. like, episode. I think that one really shows, like, our critical kind of side and, like, 
what we react to as critics more so than just talking about like our favorite and least favorite movies. Although that that's extremely informative as well. I uh, I have a potentially very awkward question to ask because yeah. I I wasn't listening too much to the build up. Um, were you talking about the podcast or uh, yeah, the Star podcast. Wars episodes? Oh, okay. podcast, yeah. Because I thought Which you were Star talking Wars about like episode. Should you start with the well, episode four? Like, I mean, we literally had, we questioned this earlier, so I thought I thought it was about that. Oh, gotcha. No, you're. <laughs> and you're so fine. I was like, wait. That's how he got the red arm. I was really hoping that like Stephen was going on this long tangent just for you to be like, oh no, I was talking about what Star Wars episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean of the podcast, but I also think in terms of like fun. The most fun episode for me is Crossover Chaos. Yeah, because, like, I love that episode. I think it's just fun, too, because we take the stupid parts of Star Wars and we really make them, like, like we emphasize them. And I'm not going to... Caleb, literally when I'm feeling down, I listen to you going, as we know, the Fast and Furious <laughs> franchise has, <laughs> has gone many places. And, like, me and Alex just both, like... <laughs> I think we both, like, leaned back and, like, cackled. Like, it was just so good. And then Alex having the interpretation <laughs> I just pictured the Millennium Falcon skirting and turning with tire <laughs> the, tracks, the tra- tire tracks in and then, space. And then when we were like, we were like, no, 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 like we need to strap a Dodge Charger like in the in the broken satellite place and launch him. <laughs> and I, I pictured a uh, Paul Walker in the X Wing. <laughs> I think I said, what did I say? I was like, it's just a JPEG of the Paul Walker. <laughs> Like a a Getty image of Paul Walker's face. Your father would have wanted you had to have this. It'd be a shame if it fell down. I love it. This is <gasps> such Walkers. a good reveal of the lightsaber. Like, oh yeah, because like you don't even yeah, like this see is the Vader. First time or we've anything. ever seen. Well, we don't see Vader with a lightsaber this whole movie, except for the the thing with uh, Obi Wan. The fight yeah. with Obi Wan. But this just oh, yeah. it feels mythic. It feels like you're beginning a quest. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's gonna look down the barrel. Of it <laughs> <laughs> and what I love—I uh, mean, the the other movies get like much better about this, but like you know how like they use the special effect to like have like the light bounce off of like the actual saber or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. The like if you look at this, the lightsaber actually looks flat in Absolutely. this movie. It I mean, they, it gets like much blade. more round in the next one, but like this one, it, like it looks like it's just. Like, it's an actual lighting effect. And that's probably... Which is really neat. I imagine that, too. That was probably somewhat intentional. I mean, this is obviously very inspired by, like, a lot of the... uh, Akira Kurosawa. Is that his name? Yes. uh, Movies that, like, uh, Hidden Fortress and things like that, that that George Lucas is extremely inspired by. I feel like that might have just been like, well, it's a blade, so it's flat. You know? Yeah. Yeah, That that might have very well could have been the intention there. And even with his... When he's talking about, it's like you know blasters are barbaric these are for a more civilized time that is kind of like the the wandering ronin like thinking back to their days as a samurai mm. type of deal and and talking about the force in such like a, a nonchalant way i love that he's like no it's all around us and it penetrates us and we have to learn to use it and things like that i love that luke literally has no right to know about any of this, and yet he's sensitive and essential to all of this. Luke, yeah. you see, there's a there's a little bacteria that runs through your bloodstream I still I still like the that idea of metachlorians solely because I like the idea of 
there being a bounty hunter or someone who steals Jedi blood and injects themselves so they have like temporary use of the Why force. Why is that not a plot point? That because no one cool. wants to no one wants to focus on the Metachlorians. <laughs> I actually think that's kind of cool because like uh they explore some not exactly with Metachlorians, but like um Alex, you'll know this Force Unleashed too when like you're fighting all like the degenerated like uh Star Killer clones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like they were experimenting with cloning and obviously spreading Jedi power, or like having an army of them. I mean, you even kind of see uh, allusions to it in like the the Mandalorian, you know, where they're like, "Oh, we wanted the child so that we could take his blood or whatever." Yeah, use cloning or whatever. I, I I actually think that's interesting that it's just more individuals are sensitive to this thing than others. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand though people's problem with it because people's problem with it is like, so there's great. The the line I always quote the line from Batman Begins like the uh, you always fear what you don't understand simultaneously I also think you're you are more interested in what you don't understand yeah you want to leave questions open exactly so so him saying it is a living force that is around us and you can use in certain ways okay totally understandable they don't even use force push in this mm-hmm. it, <laughs> like you see him trick some guys and then he knows how to use his targeting computer. Yeah, without mm. his targeting computer. But I also <laughs> like the idea of the Force being this multi-purpose thing that you can use differently in different stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm obviously very for anyone who's listened to the podcast. Now I'm very drawn to like the philosophy of the Force, especially how it's handled with Yoda and stuff. So I like the idea of like not a lot of Force, not mm. showy Force, but you do it to do big things, mm. um, and like it's tapping into. It's very druidic in that sense. It's tapping into the natural scheme of creation. But also for other people, like it would be maybe more interesting as a more scientific thing that you could exploit. Mm. Yeah, I, you know, that actually makes a whole lot of sense. You, I, I, we need to do an episode on like favorite Clone Wars episodes. And I know you haven't really watched a whole lot of Clone yeah, Wars. Yeah, I'd have to rewatch this, a ton of it. And the, I, I think you only need to rewatch like four episodes because literally there is like. I'm going to pick your favorite episode. No, I I know what his favorite episode would be. Like, it, like if you it, say the Force Planet, then we disagree. No, 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 no. <laughs> when I brought up the Abolith, I completely understand. That's actually another great episode. I love the Star Wars uh, horror, horror movies. Yeah, like that was so cool. I love anything where we get to like pitch our own ideas. I think is super fun. But uh. No, there's there literally is like an episode or two where Yoda learns how to commune with the dead and become a Force ghost. Mm. Well, that's very uh, Uncle Iroh joining the uh, yeah, joining the spirit realm. But mm. I think you'd be really interested because it goes into like the philosophy of it and like the wills of the Force and like yeah. uh, even even Darth Bane and things like that. I think you'd actually really appreciate it. Great acting. This is the scene uh, we were there in the council room, and we see the force choke. This guy getting choked. Great acting. Like great physical performance right here. I totally yeah. buy that he's being choked. I hate him, and I'm supposed to hate him too. He's very arrogant. Oh yes, he, he like... overpronounces everything. I think that's what I. <laughs> he looks what like I don't be, like, uh... but also like it's. I like it because it's effective like that. He looks like he'd be one of the parents in Willy Wonka. Very, yes yeah you know like <laughs> yeah. i don't care how many tickets it takes until my lovely daughter gets in that place and then finally falls down a mine shaft <laughs> and then of course Gene wilder just yeah, starts Gene holding out his hand and doing uh, a choking motion i find your lack of gobstoppers confusing <laughs> <laughs> um the sauce are all around us the they penetrate us <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> in fact, you might wake up one day and find yourself looking like a schnozberry. This um, is part of the infection. Very cool to see Peter Cushing in this. Uh, love it. Big feet. Love it from the Hammer Horror, Hammer Horror catalog. And I think it's cool that we get him in this and then Christopher Lee in the uh, in the prequels. And yeah. I would have... if. Cushing was alive around then. I would have loved to see a scene between those two characters just mm. because those, it wouldn't make any sense because, you know, because there would be timeline completely different ages, but Cushing and Lee were friends in real life. Really? Yeah. There That's are, cool. there are four or five episodes or videos where Christopher Lee filmed Christmas messages and it's like four or five years before he died. Um, but he talks about like old hammer horror things and like in one of them, he's wearing a hat that, uh, by the way, Vincent and, Price and, uh, Baru and, uh, uncle, uncle, uncle Ben, uncle, uncle Owen, Owen. Owen. Yeah, they're, uncle <laughs> Owen. Yeah, they're dead. he was just with uncle Ben. Yeah. Got you. Oh um, my God. He oh. was, I, <laughs> oh, another one of those things. I don't know if I've talked about it on another episode, but this is my perfect opportunity to uh, bring up my favorite fan theory. And I'm not one for th- fan theories, but I really like this. Luke killed them? <laughs> yes, came, came back and tried to act surprised. Like, oh, no. No, no Boba Fett killed him. Boba Fett? Yeah. You know what, honestly? I told I'm, you about this one? And no, no, yeah. That's a huge fan theory. And honestly, I'm uh, I'm with you. And, I mean, I recognize there's not like a whole lot of grounds for it other than the fact that Boba Fett was on Tatooine. He you, he sometimes works for the Empire. And in Empire Strikes Back, Vader has a line about no incinerations this time. Yeah. it It's one of those things that's like... Look, like it could be a stretch, but it's all well, like of all the fan theories out there, it's relatively grounded. Like it's, I'm not saying there's like, it, there's nothing, there's not like concrete evidence, it. but it's one of those things. It's like if you want that to be your head cannon, you absolutely can, because it's a big deal. He might send someone that's a little more comp- competent. Oh, dude, like, the, the, so the, the needle on the turt on the torture the yeah. This I, bothered me so much as a oh, kid. I God, hated shots. <laughs> I wanted to talk about this because this scene. Sorry, and Caleb, then, I cut you off. I apologize. Oh no, you're good. Uh, this scene and then the scene in um, where Hans getting tortured in Empire bugged the heck out of me as kids and just made me squirm. Absolutely. But what I just noticed watching it is how your focus is primarily on Vader and Leia because they're in the foreground, but then the background you just ominously see this droid. Like yeah, really? yeah, and then it cuts to the close-up of the droid. Yeah, and it's, oh, it's, it's that it kind of zooms okay. in on the needle. Like this is the thing that's gonna hurt her. It's oh, and then that hard cut to the foot coming down. You guys knew know that uh, Peter Cushing had like really huge feet. Did he? Yeah, you guys didn't know this. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. He, I've been to his OnlyFans. <laughs> no, no, no. I'd... Were they the CGI ones from yeah, Rogue they, One? They had to. Yeah, they had to CGI the feet. <laughs> they made him bigger though. Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, his feet were really huge, so they had to put in these... I can't remember exactly what they had to do, but they had to, like... The boots that the the Imperial people wear... Hey, were... Siri. What's Peter Cushing's uh, shoe size? I really... Sorry, you can keep talking. It's going to take a sec. According to Wikipedia... Womp rats. <laughs> oh, here's that shot where just oh, everything God. is... Oh, God, here's all the CGI... I'll get back to Peter Cushing's oh, feet in a minute. Wait, hold on. Welcome to our PS3 game. <laughs> uh, PS3, that is two. That is two max, and that is an early two game. Oh god, <laughs> here's oh god, here's the brontosaurus. 
with the big ears. I had a toy of this when I was a kid. They're kind I have no of, idea why. They're kind of moving at a lower frame rate. I kind of wonder if he animated them. Oh, God. Look, yeah, here's the shot. Look like... You get, yeah, oh, there you it get is. All of, you get the Jimmy Neutron-looking freaking monster in the front. <laughs> and it's, of course, it's just gotten worse with time because... Like, fans have done edits of Star Wars for, like, silly memes that look better than what Lucas is doing here by just adding way too much detail. Did y'all see, see that yeah. droid? Yeah, just flying <laughs> in the background. That very CG droid. And meanwhile, they're trying to ask him for his vaccination papers, and he goes, I do my own research. Ah, <laughs> uh, you don't need to see my vaccination papers. Okay, so from what I've been able to find, uh, Peter Cushing's feet are only a size 12. What? But apparently they're like thick. Oh yeah, he has thick. What, feet. what I was thinking, they're like not his, like long. His thick are no, like his I feet was are thinking huge like in terms of like shoe size. No, I, I, no, no, not like that. Like, but like not like Beast from X Men. But like no, like he uh, he has like really thick feet, and so like they had to make specially designed shoes for him. Mm-hmm. But then they wouldn't fit. If I remember the story correctly, I could be completely wrong. But like. He literally couldn't fit in them, and he thought he looked really silly. So he requested to be shot exclusively from the waist up. Because he, straight up, didn't wear his shoes on set. Huh. He had his socks out all the time. He was like, yes, my feet are rather big, and I don't want them in in the shot because I'm a well-respected actor. Your Peter Cushing sounds a lot like your Alec Guinness. What? (laughs) Alec Guinness, another very, probably the biggest actor in the movie. Guys. Oh, oh, we're getting it. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Wait a minute. Oh, wait, ladies and gentlemen. I present to you. Well, I don't present wait. to you yet. Hold on. Oh, man. Wait. It takes him longer. Oh, just, just a straight, a straight astronaut. astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's <laughs> there's that droid. Where is he? Where is he? Where, where is, is he? Is come on. Come on. Cardaway Sam Alex. Oh, that's a. Cardaway Sam Alex. The devil. Satan. I'm not gonna lie. I don't love Family Guy, but the, one of the best bits they have from the Star Wars thing is where they go like, "Oh, their Star Wars specials are great. They're great." Like, yeah. I, I love when they go like, "Does anyone have any requests? Play that same song again." And then we've got uh, some of the yeah, members of one. Ghosts with oh, the look, Cleopatra. <laughs> It really just is, what is on the back lot? What can we <laughs> yeah. shove in here? Who's shooting a Universal Monster movie right now I that love, will not make money? I love just the straight astronaut. There's just a straight up astronaut. It's like 2001, <laughs> Like George Lucas went up to Kubrick and was like, excuse me, can I borrow one of your astronaut suits? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love too is that like he had to tug on the, uh, oh, there's Cat Bane. That's literally the same race as Cat Bane. Yeah, I know. Yeah. There's, a, there's a few of these. That's just weird because you don't really realize it because the shape is so different than what you're like used to. Yeah. Um, no, I, I love too that he has to physically tug on the bartender's shoulder. Imagine going to a bar where you had to like reach across the bar and tap them <laughs> on the shoulder. Like, I want a whiskey. Like what? 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 I have unfortunately been to a few bars on Broadway and I can tell you yeah. they are not this crowded. <laughs> oh, uh, this, this guy just doesn't pay attention. I don't like you either. I don't you like just you. Watch yourself. Well, okay. First off, this guy is not making his money off of selling whatever alcohol he's selling. You know, he has an under the table. He sells drugs in the yeah. Back. He does something. <laughs> he he, we- does. he smuggles weapons. He does something. Oh yeah, there's 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 a spice trade going on. He does game, VHS you know? players. It's and then that's right. I've been hiding. I've been hiding for years. And rather than use something subtle like the force, I'm going to literally slice your freaking arm off. I used to think that uh, that little like 
that few droplets of blood was like the goriest thing when I was a kid. <laughs> well, it's the fact that there's even blood in a movie like this yeah. is kind of a cool detail that they easily could be like. I mean, in the later movies kind of did it, but it's like, oh, the lightsaber cauterizes the wound. But yeah, it's also <laughs> it's also that samurai dueling thing of like, all you need is one clean strike. Exactly. Mm. Um, very. Uh, there's a moment at the end of Sanjuro, which is for the most part pretty bloodless movie but just like one clean strike and then just a fountain of blood oh my god i yeah. love that it's like a, a adam's family values when they do the uh the stage play and they're just spewing blood <laughs> am i the only one who's han right. solo <laughs> baby han solo, so Captain don't worry when i worked out a mathematical equation to where i can go there parsecs i measure things <laughs> a little bit differently kid. <laughs> Oh, look, I did my own research. Okay. Have you ever? <laughs> it seems we might get along. <laughs> I think... I mean, uh, Chewbacca's for the Green Party. <laughs> That's why he doesn't listen to our podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he stopped at that episode. <laughs> yeah, he stopped. He, stopped. he got 90% of the way through the episode. Little, that we say the Green Party. No, let's be Little did here. we know Nate was actually Chewbacca, <laughs> just using a different email address. <laughs> Wookiees, okay? I'm Nate. <laughs> Listening to this podcast, I'm I'm Wookiees don't have time for electoral politics because they actually have to deal with the material conditions of their terrible lives. Yeah. Could you imagine what a Wookiee would sound like? <laughs> Beautiful. Now we bring over the uh, uh, wait, sir. We bring over the representatives from Kashyyyk. Now. You can do it now. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've heard enough. Um, What I do want to say is, uh, with Han Solo here, obviously Harrison Ford coming in, real great. Just absolute charmer. Love him. But I watched Casablanca last year, and I recently rewatched it in theaters. He is just doing Humphrey Bogart here, and I kind of love it. He is just doing Rick from Casablanca. Honestly... I never would have thought of that, but yeah, it, it's that kind of mixed with like a James Dean. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like if James Dean had the skill of a Humphrey Bogart, but yeah. like the attitude of like a, like a, I don't care kind of thing. There's a certain youth to him, even yes. though, even though he is the older of our three humans or four humans. Cause Ben's there not for long. Um, Spoilers. Spoilers for Spoilers Star Wars. <laughs> Just kidding, they're all white. Oh, we're about <laughs> to get it. Oh, we're about oh, to get it. We're at McClunky. We yeah, is there actually a black person in this? No. Cheese and crackers. That's what I mean. Like, I literally was pointing that out. I'm just like, well, it's, <laughs> it's unfortunate, but the next movie kind of solves that. Yeah, by having one token. Yeah. And I mean, I love <laughs> Lando. No. <laughs> I love Lando, but it is very much. I was about to say he's a good token. Yeah, he's a pretty good token. <laughs> very, very smooth. There's something about the way he has and his he hand never over stopped there playing. too. Wait, what? Like he's oh. got his hand over here as if like he's gonna like distract him. Yeah, it's absolutely a distraction. A little bit of uh oh, who's the actor in Cool Hand Luke? A little bit of him too. Wait, <gasps> wait. Uh, wait. Shh, shh. I kind of sad that they. They don't even subtitle it. He just says it. That's what I mean. I have no idea. Do we have a canon spelling of McClunky? McClunky. 
I've always seen it M A K L U N K Y. Right? Yeah. McClunky I mean, I sounds like an absolutely god awful English teacher. Number one, my name is Professor Malcolm McClunky. I'm Dr. McClunky. I went to school for 12 years, so you better call me doctor and not professor. Welcome to film class. Did you actually... episode one, The Phantom Menace. Yes, I had had doctors that uh, actually said that to me, if that's what you're about to ask. I did actually have a professor named Dr. McCluskey, so it's pretty (laughs) close, actually. And he was... McCluskey. Um... Yeah, but it was I just, very pretentious. It did not go over well on the first day. <laughs> yeah, no, my class was for like mystery writing or whatever. And like he straight up showed us Clue on the first day. And it was a summer class. And I was like, I don't even need to be here right now. But I'm I've watching Clue, so I'm having a good time. <laughs> like, it's Clue. I freaking love Clue. I love the moral ambiguity of Han shooting Greedo. I think that's a great way of like establishing who this character is. But it's a shame beyond. They the con man. Yeah, but I mean at this point I just see it as him shooting Greedo. Like I know like that he would have shot him regardless. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I know the truth. I don't need to see the lies. This is the problem. He doesn't exactly version. look like he's cowering in self defense. He he's <laughs> no, very yeah. much like, no, this guy I'm gonna enjoy killing this guy. Uh, see, okay, so it's weird the justification for that that George Lucas has, because like he Also there's a Greedo, he's perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> They all look alike to me. Whoa. <laughs> they're Whoa. All, Some of them are yellow. They're all recycled <laughs> costumes. So, okay, here's the thing. Uh, so, what was it? What were we talking about before? With the Oh, no. Yeah, with the with the Han Solo thing, like uh what's weird is uh George Lucas's justification for that. He was like, "I don't think you can redeem someone who shoots first. And I'm like, "You literally made an entire series of six <laughs> movies." talking about the redemption of Anakin who <laughs> slaughtered children and nearly killed his best friend along with pretty much killing his girlfriend slash wife. Like, uh, <laughs> dude, come on. It's just redemption. It's just weird. I like, feel dude. like, I feel like people are so picky about redemption arcs, but like the, if you have a redemption arc, the person has to do bad things. Exactly. Like, <laughs> they have to have something to redeem. Yeah. And like the, the more, heinous the thing the greater you obviously have to have to put in the work to redeem them but but then again like the more you kind of feel for that person yeah like when you people like to see growth people like to see the greater the triumph yeah when they make that change and see there's greedo again (laughs) the guy with the mustache in the back no 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 (laughs) he was right behind han he's behind han's shoulder (laughs) okay so do you guys know like what the deal is with this scene like why like what why it, it looks so origin- weird? Yeah, because yeah, it was originally a human. Yeah, yeah. A Jabba guy. was a guy. <laughs> but what I like is that they cut that. And actually what I do like is that they, in the original version, it kind of gives this mystery to Jabba. Was Boba Fett here before? Helmet. Yeah, he was. Or- <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> well, he was in the... Helmet. He's been in the special editions for a while. I totally forgot that. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. But... No, like, and uh, it goes back to my fan theory. What? Actually, that makes you more sense have now. Read my on essay. Tatooine, and, <laughs> and there's an imperial spy in the midst. Like, yeah, it can, it can connect. What I like too <laughs> is that uh, with the Jabba thing, if they wouldn't have shown that, what it does is a, it makes this shot where you're that, seeing right the Falcon of the Falcon <laughs> yeah. a lot cooler. Um, two, it also makes it to where like. They just talk about Jabba, and there's this, like, what does he even look like? You have no... Yeah. You don't have any idea until Return of the Jedi, and you see him as this fat slug thing, and you probably imagine him to be, like, some skinny, like, well, like, you know, I think, well-abled mob boss. I think you kind of imagine him how, uh, 
Paul Bettany's character is in Solo. Yeah, that. Yeah, where it's like you imagine he's some kind of like kingpin guy. Yeah, which I mean he is. It's just you expect like some like good-looking human who like maybe has like some kind of like scary scar or something. You accept someone, but it's like no, he's just a monster. Yeah, and like like, that's kind of the intriguing part of it. Yeah, like something. The thing is too, like you expect someone who could actually like probably beat you in a physical fight, but like. Jabba yeah. is well. He does. Yeah, clearly. He, Jabba's he only strong to. because of the power that he holds. Yeah, exactly. that's very interesting. It's a to different me. kind of scary, and I yeah. like that 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 idea probably changed. Oh, it did change, obviously. Like, and I like that they didn't include that Jabba. But like, the CGI is not the most distracting thing. It's just like it's wow, just that it's when weird. you get to six and he's not CGI, he looks so much better, and yeah. so. Oh my god, yeah. And, and bigger, too. It's weird, too, because like if you look uh Harrison Ford when he goes behind him, there's like this little like frame jump that's like... Yeah. Because yeah. like... <laughs> it looks like to... something just picks him up and yeah. then like carries They're him. They're like crane <laughs> machines him over, yeah. But now we are in space. We are about to get the uh, Millennium Falcon jumping to hyperdrive. Such a cool perspective. Um Like the shot from the back, and you can see the stars ahead of you. You obviously... Once again, have this motif of the big ship, little ship coming in. Yeah, definitely. But this is like, this is our trickster character. He's going to come in and he doesn't have to play by their rules. He's going to jump to hyperspace. Couldn't he possibly go through one of the ships in like a really big, like, kind of explosion thing that would possibly like make, I don't know, like a really good frame to have. As, well, like, a you're picture. talking about I the think... Holdo maneuver and that hasn't been invented yeah, yet. Yeah, but Holdo and Han start <laughs> this with This is pre-Holdo maneuver. <laughs> Into space. You know what also starts now, with an H? Hyperspace. Do I, yeah, there we go. Now what I think he should have done is he should have like cut all power to the Falcon and just drifted behind like the bridge area of the Star Destroyer and just hid there. I think wow. that would have worked perfectly. I think he should. Uh, I think he should try that. Someday. You said drifting. I thought you were going to start making a Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again, we. Oh. S- this is the first time we see the uh, the tire tracks in space. Actually, <laughs> we we just had the uh, the British Leia. I recognize your foul stench the moment I stepped on board. Yeah, and when I get uh, rescued, I'm going to be American again. That's right. <laughs> Much Boy, like talk to my brother, she sounds like Liquid Snake from Metal Gear Solid. It's like brother. How- it's like how Halle Berry and X-Men tried doing an African accent and yeah. then just kind of gave up when X2 rolled you know around. What happens in lightning? The same thing as everything else. Well, it's not that blatant, but like no, you it's go not back. that blatant, man. That's Jamaica. What are you doing? What? I told you we can't edit this, Steven. Huh? <laughs> this is making a voice. Um, <laughs> I told you. Steven, no uncomfortable impersonations of accents. <laughs> The heights in this is like Leia is so small in this. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean no, to make no, you it's feel okay. like it's okay. I was like, I'm sorry. I, I, I started. I just started it. making voices. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Like, super aware. I'm sorry if I offended anyone in our audience. Um. Well, our Jamaica listeners are just gonna drop down. <laughs> Nate, the Jamaican. <laughs> Nate is actually Jamaican. You know, man, I used to love that Star Wars therapy. <laughs> and he's back. Yep. I'm sorry. <laughs> Peter Cushing is great in this. I like Vader does barely anything in this movie besides make an ominous uh, entrance and then kill Obi-Wan. But Peter Cushing leaves such an impression of what the empire is. See, but uh, that's kind of the cool thing is like in this movie, Vader is literally the muscle. Yeah. And I like that even though Anakin would be 
the center for I hate there's no railing on that laser thing. <laughs> OSHA. Sorry. Space OSHA is getting yes, very OSHA. Another family OSHA. guy thing. <laughs> yeah, I my thing is like I love that Vader is the muscle in this, but he ends up being this really complex character. It's yeah, it's almost like I and uh, Alex, you might not be able to engage with this one too much, but like it's like <laughs> okay, it's, well no, I just I'm just saying like right. it's like, right, I'll just, I'll it's like when it's like yeah, when you guys bring right. up Ted Lasso, I stay in the room, I just. <laughs> Uh, I keep telling you, Star Wars is exactly like Ted Lasso. And Breaking Bad is exactly <laughs> like the Marvelous Miss Maisel, apparently. We've got time. I can't explain it if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, but um, what was I saying before? <laughs> I don't know. Really like, no, we were talking about Peter Cushing and Darth Vader. Oh, no. And... I like that he... It's it's The comparison I'll make with Darth Vader is it's almost like Bane. Where it's yeah. like Bane has every right to like be just the muscle. But mm. then you end up like especially in games like Arkham Origins, like you hear and see him in a completely different way. Like he is just intelligent. He's cunning. You know, he's not just some like brute. And I think that's kind of what they did with Darth Vader as he kept going on. They're like, no, if we give him this depth, people will see him differently. But in this movie, he's purely the enforcer. Well, well, it's interesting. Sorry, Alex. Oh, uh, no, you're fine. Go ahead. Um, I think it's interesting because the other Imperials clearly don't have a respect for the Force or mm. for Darth Vader as a Sith. They see him as just a lapdog. It's mm. almost like this thing where the Emperor has very much like completely destroyed people's faith in the Force so that he can be the only one who controls it. Because mm, yeah. if no one else yeah. knows about it, then he has all the power. I, I'm glad you said that because that actually, I think, perfectly segues into... The reason I like him so much in this movie, and that is, like, this, and also, like, you know, Rogue One also does this very well, where it's, like, I really like seeing Vader as sort of a boogeyman. Yeah. Like, or, like, a Grim Reaper, where it's just every time he shows up, you're, like, you're either in a lot of trouble or you're dead. It's yeah. one of those two. And so it's more of just, like, he's this, like... You are ominous his- presence that, like, very few people even know about. Because very few people like actually get away from him. Yeah, it's like you're either his objective or you're in his way. Yeah. To getting to his objective. And so like you see him just If you're his objective, you better be ready. (laughs) You see him like absolutely terrifying in this movie and in parts in Empire, and then it's just slowly over this trilogy you see him have that arc of like, okay, he's becoming human again. Mm -hmm. Like even like in in uh Return, he uh he's much more like like he's much more calmed down. He's like he wants to talk to Luke, even though he's like this dark, shadowy figure. And it's just I don't know. It's it's nice to like see that like this is kind of the beginning of that where it's just he's like this horrifying thing. Yeah, he's, he's a thing. He is more machine than man. He's more machine than man. What if he just kept whispering that at him when they met? And he just kept charging towards him and going, Anakin, Anakin, Anakin. This is... Oh, Anakin, last so, time I saw you, you oh, Anakin, last time I saw, my feet. Last time I saw you, I was played by Ewan McGregor, and I was on Tatooine, and Kathleen Kennedy said it would be the showdown of the century, and then halfway through it became the Mandalorian season four. So... <laughs> We just got this. Just kidding. I was about to say, we're saying this like 20 days before literally one comes out and changes all of this. (laughs) It is actually kind of cool watching this before we see Kenobi because, like, I, um, 
I am interested to kind of, I would love to do a chronological Star Wars run once, like, once more of the gaps kind of started to get to fill up. It's kind of cool to think, like, wow, you really could watch Phantom Menace, The Clone Wars, then The Clone Wars, and then The Clone Wars, and then you could watch The Clone Wars movie, and then you could watch the last episodes of The Clone Wars, which is the 3D animated series, and then Revenge of the Sith. Um, and then a new <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, Going Alex- off of that though, I will say uh, when I had well, you didn't know me at this time, but when I had my knee surgery and I was just like put out for like a month or two, yeah, I one hundred percent did that, that and I watched so cool, like man. everything Star Wars related, oh, <laughs> just that's... like just one after the other, and, and it was cool. great. You get to see that build up, yeah, like and and really the chronological way that things kind of fit together because despite any changes the special editions made, I don't think it ruins the movies. I think the movies no. themselves are great still. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean. This is what we watched growing up, like, and we didn't mind. I think the bones there are so strong that it doesn't really matter. So, can can I ask a question about uh, Star Wars in in regards to people, uh, people's kind of accessibility to it? Because, yeah, yeah. like, I know a lot of people who are like, I've just straight up never seen Star Wars. Yeah, and I, a few years ago, I would have been like, Yeah, you don't have to watch it, and like people would ask me like why do you say that i'm like because there's more good there's more bad movies than good at this point and that's just because i was super disillusioned with star wars at the time mm-hmm. i did not like it but now that i'm like i i i kind of see them in a new light and like i really do appreciate each one of them for like different reasons um by that i mean the first six we've get into the other ones but like it, it it's it's kind of like this i um do you guys think Star Wars is like inaccessible to people who didn't grow up with it? Oh, absolutely not. Really? No. I think it's such a cultural institution and there isn't like say what you want about the layers of canon and stuff and what Disney's doing now, but like it's not you won't get bogged down with continuity. Hmm. You can jump in at like they have three jumping in points. You can either jump in at Fair. New Hope, Phantom Menace or uh Force Awakens. Yeah, and hmm. I, I think it works for any of those. Hmm. Obviously, You'd probably want to start with this one because this is the most culturally important one, just in the sense that it began everything. Mm-hmm. I would also say in the way it sets it up, it immediately gives you that intrigue of like, you know, them mentioning the Clone Wars. You're like, what? I know that name. What is that? And then them saying literally Obi-Wan just gives you the uh, the bare bones of what you need to know right yeah. off the bat. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're watching Phantom Menace, it really doesn't. It doesn't give you the world right away you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. this one i feel like sets it up and, and from there you can really enjoy anything star wars so, yeah, yeah phantom menace is assuming you already know what star wars is right right um and i feel like yeah i just this is meant to be the entry point um and while i don't think you have to start here i do think this even today holds up even 45 years later this mm-hmm. really does hold up um and that anyone can sit down and obviously, like, my mom hates genre stuff, so, like, she wouldn't like it. But I think that almost anyone else on Earth who is open to genre stuff mm. would get something out of it. See, that's that's my thing with genre stuff. I am a firm believer that genre stuff, uh, at its best, I, I kind of went over this in the Mr. Miracle episode a little bit, but it's like, it's like when people say, like, I don't like superhero movies. I'm like, I don't understand that statement, because... A superhero movie, 
depends on what the superhero is. Like, you know, I, I think when people say that, they think of the stereotypical, like, Superman, like, don't worry, I'll save you and the cat and make sure that everyone's home by dinner. Eat your greens, like that that kind of thing. Or the Marvel formula. Yeah, the Marvel yeah. formula of big gray bad guy and, you know, kind of funny superhero, light comedy, whatever. Um, but I, um, I'm like a firm believer that as long as the core problems of the movie are human then like you can't say the story is about anything else it's like like this movie it's literally about like a kid trying to find his way in the galaxy (laughs) and Mm. like going on an adventure with someone who knew his dad who he doesn't know knew his dad yet who gets exposed to like new people and new perspectives in life it just so happens to be like a space opera setting you know well in no genre thing works by trying to be trophies from portal and trying to be wait what <laughs> they were carrying the things that look like the cubes from portal oh, they, did. Yeah. they literally yeah. the looked like the portal. cubes it was weird sorry go ahead caleb nothing i don't think anything that's trying to just play into the tropes of a genre and just trying to fit into a genre works i think it's what uh it's like you have to have that emotional core like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, our friend Joe, friend of the podcast, talks a lot about how... Friend in real life. Yes. Uh, there's no such thing as a video game movie because every video game is something in and of itself. Like yeah. Yeah, You can't compare true. Sonic to uh, Assassin's Creed. Like It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel kind of the <laughs> same with genre stuff. Like This is completely different from you know uh from like 2001 they both take place in space they have visual similarities which is entirely different from star trek yeah you know, like mm. you look at that and it's like yeah the similarities they all take place in space and there's some kind of futuristic space like thing kind of going on a more heightened reality thing i don't know it's just i've i've always hated not hated like if you have that opinion you have that opinion i just don't like it when people say i don't like x genre movie i'm like when you say that, I think you mean you don't like you you hate bad superhero movies or bad sci-fi. It's when people say they don't like sci-fi. It's like, all right, which season of Doctor Who did you watch? Which one? <laughs> which one hurt you? Well, like, it also it's my question. <laughs> I mean, it always just comes down to the nature of criticism is how you articulate your opinions. And mm. so, if they can give me, like, I don't like. Most of the time, there are exceptions, but I think things that involve like drug cartels are super boring. I agree. Um, I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. yeah. But like that was one of my big things why I didn't like Sicario, which is a well-made movie in every other regard, but just the subject matter didn't grasp me. Um, but I will admit that's a very lazy critique, and it's not. But like other, but so it's one of I those things that's like it's also fair because it's like you know like you're your own person. Yeah, you have yeah. Your subjective like thoughts, and it's like. You don't have to have, like, an essay about why you don't like something. Yeah, yeah. I'd also argue that if you're not into a certain genre of movie and the greatest, quote-unquote, like, most well-known or most respected or whatever you want to call it, if, if that movie doesn't hook you, then you just don't like them. Like, for example, if you don't like mob movies and someone's like, gotta watch the godfather gotta watch the godfather and then you get halfway through the godfather like me and then you go this is boring i don't care people are talking and whispering about i never wanted this for you put this in here take the cannolis it just it's not going to interest you like it's just not yeah um but yeah the nature of criticism i find very interesting because the problem is never what you like or dislike it's all about 
how you can uh, how you can talk about it and explain it. I think that's the thing with like no one has bad taste; they just have bad explanations for their taste. I will disagree with that. I think there are a lot of people <laughs> who have really bad taste. Anyone who's like, I love Lifetime, or like, oh, I need to get a PureFlix subscription. Okay, the PureFlix <laughs> subscription. You're testing me there, but like even <laughs> even like the Lifetime and Hallmark things, I'm like, well, you can still like critically think about those and not, come up. Yeah. To them. No, no, I'm sorry. I literally uh, was dating a girl who uh, like like a while back who who said something like, yeah, when I'm sad, I just need to get my Lifetime movie and some white Ziffendale and just sit back. And I was like, yeah, I, this isn't gonna work. Two weeks later, we broke up. I find. <laughs> I find it so hilarious that like that's where you put no, your foot yeah, down. That's, that's <laughs> it was like no. anyone who likes this is objectively wrong. I actually mean that. I actually mean that. <laughs> I know you do. Yeah. I'm just... No, I'm just like no. I don't trust your opinions on anything now. If you're like when you're buying a house, would you want to do? No, I don't trust you. It could be the most sound of advice. <laughs> Look, on, I don't care. On one hand, as someone who's suffered through a few of those, I, I completely understand, and I get you, and I absolutely. I absolutely do not like them either, and I think they're a waste of time, but that's not the point. The point is, I hate to tell you, if, if people like something, if it makes them happy, it ain't hurting anyone, then it's fine. Which is where the Pure Flix <laughs> thing comes in, because no. I do think Pure Flix stuff hurts. Like, yes, has, it does. <laughs> at least reflects material harm in the world. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think not that, gonna that is a... I think that's accurate. <laughs> I overheard two people at work talking about, I'm trying to get pure flicks to work. And I was like, I mm. want to die. Like, I, like I'm not suicidal. I just want to die. Like, <laughs> I just like, want to be in a I plane want, of existence where this isn't a conversation. I want my that's body happening. to cease function right now. You don't understand why conservative Christians are the most oppressed group in the U S. You know, right that's now. one thing Donald Trump really showed us white genocide. <laughs> well there goes our chances of having lauren southern on the podcast so i was walking around and i was watching chewbacca he's such a good man chewbacca. it has been a hot minute since we've actually talked about the movie i'm we're sorry watching. yeah um so speaking of lifetime movies the best one is absolutely the uh c-3po chewbacca relationship in this movie right now they're apart and chewbacca looks sad well i don't hey, what think do you guys think of that elevator it's, it's, pretty an it's, a, right? it's an elevator. Right? <laughs> just, just trying to bring it all back. It's absolutely a Sith elevator. I do like this. So, like, he's like wait, he's, yeah, Darth Vader's he's just over here. Order, fill, is this the CCU or the ICU? He's filling out. <laughs> Vader the, pulls out like a Death Star map. <laughs> he's just like, all right, I'm just on says the, you are here. I'm on floor 26. Where's the, the presence is coming from? Like 23, mm. right by the orange Julius. I mm. think there's something to be said about. While the shenanigans are going down with Han, Luke, and Chewie, the two like heavy hitters here, Darth Vader and Obi-Wan, they're just feeling out the Force following around. Mm-hmm. They are successful in their own ways. It becomes one of those things where Darth Vader doesn't understand things as well as Obi-Wan, and we'll get to that when they fight. But I do think, I do like the contrast of everything goes wrong for Han and Luke, and then Obi-Wan is just out there getting stuff done. You know, I... I never actually thought of that. Yeah. Oh, you like how that guy shoots the camera? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the blaster bolt comes directly <laughs> at you. That's so good. 3D. Well, it's kind of cool. Like, it, it really did. Man, can we just be thankful that they only did one of those with Star Wars? 
They yeah. released Phantom Menace hey. in 3D, and they were going to do every one of them for a year. My uncle Phantom took Menace me to that, and we had fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so don't get me wrong. I would have loved to see the pod racing scene in, theater, in 3D. It was great. <laughs> Other than that, I, you got nothing. Like, maybe the Darth Look, Maul it fight. Was, it was... 20 it was 2011 or was it 2009 it was 2011 okay yeah i remember it was they started at the beginning of the decade and they thought it, oh we're gonna release one every year until the new star wars comes out in 2015 and they just didn't um yeah uh <laughs> <laughs> just, but like because it's 3d money 3d was at like the height of its craze before it quickly died <laughs> Okay, and then we, just like yeah, they were just like yeah, Star Wars. We got it. It'll it'll bring you money. Can we just say I love I love what he goes. Uh, no, we're fine. Uh, how how are how you? Like, <laughs> and then he just shoots it. I freaking love that. When people, can you imagine being the guy on the other end? Just like I heard a blaster bolt, <laughs> and then the radio cut off. I love too. We should probably send some guys up there. <laughs> I love the boring conversation anyway. Um, Look, we're gonna have company. I think there's uh, when people complain about the Jabba's palace sequence and how like there is no clear plan in Return of the Jedi. Oh, they never have. A clear have you plan. seen this point? Like, <laughs> yeah, right? these people never Dude, have a yeah. good plan. And my thing is with Return they of the Jedi. They didn't even know she was here. <laughs> That's my thing with like Return of the Jedi. Like, thank God they opened up that cell, and it wasn't like the one with like I don't know, like uh, Cad Bane still hanging out. Like, oh, so you wanna come get me in this one? Huh? <laughs> Yeah, let us show it first on Juba. What if? Sorry. <laughs> what if Cad Bane was the, the princess of Alderaan? <laughs> there Cad all- Bane with the cinnamon bun head. Jimmy Smith is still his dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, I I don't like quoting red letter media a whole lot on this show. It but is my, plagiarism. Yeah, but but quite <laughs> quite joking. literally, one of my favorite jokes they've ever made is when they were reviewing Rogue One, and they they, they just bring up that Jimmy Smith was in it, and he goes, "Basil Oregano, played by Jimmy Smith." <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling him Basil Oregano. Is that where it I comes heal. from? Because I've heard that a couple times. No, no, it's just that his name is Bail Oregano. Yeah, like yeah. some. Some genius called him Basil oh, Oregano. <laughs> I think I made that joke at Star Wars trivia the other night, Alex. Oh, dude, I meant to ask, how did that go? Uh, uh, the, the guys went to wait, Star Wars trivia. Wait, did you not What? Oh, I sent you a text oh, you like halfway through, and I was just basic. like, the, the questions figured, are kind of boring. No, I figured we would like talk about <laughs> it. It's I the, just never. It's the exact same questions from uh, when me and Destiny went in August, and so and what's frustrating is I forgot the answers to the questions I got wrong. So the few questions that we did get wrong this time were the same ones as last time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the ACT. <laughs> if you don't study the science questions, oh look, oh. the Mandalorian helmet. Oh wait, are we about to wait? What now? No, the door looks like the Mandalorian. Oh, I, I was thinking that the door yeah. looked. Wait, like have a we cross. missed the thud? No, no, we thud's about yet. to happen, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, good. I love it. So, for those of you who don't know, uh, yes, you can see a stormtrooper. Uh, well, let, let's, his just, head. let's just let's just let him. Oh, let's just let him. Although you already said it, but it's fine. Yeah, How is Chewie? Can we can we all hole? just say like thud or thunk, <laughs> like when he does it? Because we all know thunk. when it's happening. Leia. Very Try cool, automatically taking uh, control of the situation. Here it comes. Prepare for thud. All right. <gasps> Man, he called him a, fur- <gasps> a furry. That's just disrespectful. Oh, uh, wait. Thud is 
not happening as quickly as I want. To. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah I, I forgot. Like they talk a little bit. <laughs> good it's, banter. It's almost yeah, it's great banter. It's just. I could have sworn he like screamed or. Yeah. Oh, it's Han yeah, that screams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is Thud in a different scene? I think Thud is in a different scene. The huh. corridors look similar in the scene. Yeah. Yeah. So we might have actually missed. We it. might I'm have. Not sure. Man. Um, well, no, because they're still in the room, right? I, well, no, they, they hide. They hide. I and spoke, then they come back out in the I room. I don't know, man. <laughs> Princess Leia is awesome. That's what I was getting to. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, Carrie Fisher, I think, really did play the role particularly well. Because I'm so glad that... Look, say what you will about the sequel trilogy. The fact that she is General Leia actually makes me extremely happy. I was like, that makes more sense than her being Queen Leia. Yeah, yeah. Is she general in... Uh, she's general in this trilogy, right? At the end. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah, like most of them get like high ranks <laughs> despite like not really earning it, but I think she's probably the one that right. actually does deserve it. You killed 250,000 innocent people, Luke. Here's a medal. Chewie, yours got lost in the mail. <laughs> it's going to take 50 years to get back to you. And Maz Kanata is going to give it to you. Who's Maz Kanata? A Never worry about it. A story it. for another time. A waste of <laughs> Lupita Nyong'o. Oh, right? I love Lupita Nyong'o. A story for another subreddit. <laughs> Good. Um, man, just such fun banter. How deep is that water that Luke gets pulled out of? <laughs> yeah, because Han's they're also just standing, standing in, in it. it. <laughs> I just my gun's jammed. It's almost like it was completely submerged. <laughs> Shoot where? In I a love trash anywhere. So you know, it is kind of funny. Something maybe that people don't notice is that the banter in these movies is very similar to kind of what Marvel would eventually do with like the MCU. Oh yeah, and yeah. you can you can see the fingerprints of Star Wars over blockbusters from the seventies onward or the eighties onward because this is end of seventies. Um, but I definitely think. Kevin Feige clearly has a lot of love for these movies and like promotes filmmaking that reflects it. I think also he, I mean, not to go on like a Marvel thing, but one of my favorite things that he says, he's like every time before we watch a Marvel, before we make a Marvel movie, we watch Christopher Reeve's Superman. Cause he says, he's like, that is the gold standard for like what a, a hopeful superhero movie should be. And I, I appreciate that. Like Kevin Feige does take, that approach to it you know like because i really think like that's kind of why they were like hey can you produce one of these star wars movies and we'll just kind of see how it goes and maybe take some notes while you're doing everything like (laughs) well and you know i'm really wondering how that will go because i've talked about this before kevin feige isn't a creative he's a whip he gets people in line um he gets the people in line to do the creative things so i'm wondering how that will how that will translate to Star Wars because he's also he's produced a lot of bad movies too um, you know a lot of the a lot of the MCU movies don't exactly work but it's all here it is dun, dun. <laughs> I love Wait that you can hear did it did they just make a noise too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah you can went, hear it dunk. Dunk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, talking about the trash compactor as the walls close in on these yeah. on our heroes I went, me and uh, my girlfriend and some friends of ours, we go to escape rooms a lot. And we did this one where there were two walls in the room 
And like you had to look at one of them to get clues of how to solve a puzzle on the other one. And we were so focused on that that we did not realize the other wall was moving towards us oh until God. until the door opened and we got out. And I just stood up and I goes, wait, that's, this wall is... We were being crushed. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That is scary as hell. That just gave me an Whoa. idea. I really want an escape room that's just this trash compactor. <laughs> Why is there not Scar- Star Wars escape rooms? It would you be could- an ADHD nightmare with all that stuff lying around. <laughs> but I mean, I don't care. I think it'd be funny. I, I think... I- It'd be cool to do this. It'd be cool to have like a oh, what's another like good escape? They could have the conveyor belt thing from Attack of the Clones. <laughs> <laughs> Only it's real. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this gives off very much Temple of Doom vibes, where he's like, "Willie, we are going to die." Yeah. You can definitely see the seeds of like why he worked with Harrison Ford on a uh, Indiana Jones. Well, and of course he didn't want to. He wanted to work with Tom Selleck. Really? Yeah. I'm so glad he didn't. I've, well, there's footage of it. There's like test footage of it. I forget if it was a uh, a scheduling dispute or if Tom Selk maybe got injured or something. But he specifically didn't want to work with... Because Spielberg wanted Ford. Mm. But he's like, well, I worked with Ford in my other movies. And he was grumpy. <laughs> and he was grumpy. Yeah. He's Harrison Ford. But of course, then the irony would be that Harrison Ford loves Indiana Jones way more than anything else he <laughs> oh has done. Oh my god, yeah. He hates Star Wars. He's like, every time someone asks him something, he's like, yeah, I think George Lucas should die. Well, no, um, I, think yes. he, I, I, <laughs> I think he has a loving affection. Like, have you seen him on Conan talking about it around Force Awakens? Yeah, and he says, I heard they're making another one. <laughs> he takes <laughs> he gives him like $5 or something. One of the producers comes out and is like, I've meticulously made this Lego... Star Wars Millennium Falcon and he picks up he accident like accidentally like throws it behind him he's like oh no (laughs) but I think he can have fun with Star Wars I think he's just annoyed by it he's just annoyed too he thinks every he thinks that I think people think that since he was in it he's gonna be a fan yeah and that's not yeah that's not how this goes Alec Guinness (laughs) thought this movie was gonna blow like I, I I don't know it just also, okay, I love this scene too. So we were at the scene where, uh, if you're watching along, we're at the scene where Obi Wan is kind of sneaking around and uh, doing his thing. And I kind of, I just love that it shows that he's not just some like old man who doesn't understand things. He actually is trying to help, and yeah. like he understands technology. Mm. And they continually do that throughout the movies. Like he's the one at the, in Revenge of the Sith of like I've recalibrated the code to. You know, warn all Jedi to not come here. And I'm like, whoa, he probably saved thousands <laughs> of Jedi that way. So, or uh, 10. I don't know. <laughs> depends on. Or 10. Yeah, it depends. Maybe like two. <laughs> what, you guys don't check the updates from the Coruscant Temple? No. What, you mean, are you a nerd? What? <laughs> One of them just has an update notification and they're like, I'll get to it in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I get these things all the time. It doesn't matter. Another training exercise. <laughs> of course, the banter between uh, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher was because of their affair. Yeah, they they had chemistry in real life, and yep. then, um, which is you know, um, <laughs> yep, <laughs> you know, uh, you know. I mean, Mark Hamill also with her that happened. Wait, did it? Absolutely. That's more of a good for him sort of deal. Yeah, like, you're like, hey, good yeah, for yeah, him. good for you, man. Yeah. Um, but I do find it interesting of like, you know, Luke was this up and or uh, Harrison Ford 
was a carpenter on some sets and then eventually he got into a had a small role in American Graffiti, which led him to being cast in this. He wasn't a big actor by any means. And then you had Luke, who Mark Hamill also wasn't a big actor. But this is Debbie Reynolds' daughter. She kind of has, you can kind of see her professionalism on display. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you come from Halloween Town, that's what she did before this, right? Is Debbie Reynolds in Halloween Town? You didn't know this? Debbie Reynolds is like the grandma in Halloween Town. I did just see Singing in the Rain. I'm going to be real. I'm just not oh, really wow. familiar you with watched the good Reynolds one. <laughs> what did you say? I said I'm going to be real. I'm just not who fa- familiar with who Debbie, Debbie Reynolds Frick. Debbie Reynolds is. I'm not familiar who Debbie, Debbie Reynolds is. Can't get my tongue. Uh, she's Carrie Fisher's mother. She was in a bunch of movies. Singing in the Rain is probably her biggest. Oh, okay. Um, very good. And <laughs> can, can, I just, can I just interject real quick? I, I love... Not just like the shot. Well, here here's why I find the shot so funny. Not just the sheer amount that are in there, but the only ones with the guns pointed at them are the ones that were originally there. Everyone there, you can look at the ones in the background, and they're just looking over their shoulder, like, "What's going on?" It's like, who the hell's yelling? <laughs> yeah, like, I just love that. I love too that Han is moving like he. It's like, ah! Well, I just, I just love the like perspective of one of those guys where it's just like they're just lined up in formation, ready to do like whatever's next, or you know, they got some downtime, they're chilling. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they look over and some guy is screaming while their friends are yeah, running. Yeah, some guy and has just like ah! war cry going. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I just realized you've seen this location before. You see Obi-Wan walk by it, which is really them good recycling sets, but it does come off as like setting up. For those of you uh, not watching, this is where uh, Luke and Leia grapple across the chasm, um, which is just like a really fun adventure beat in this. Very like uh, Errol Finn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very Errol Finn. Like, you know, I'm going to swing down from the sail post. Gotta do the classic, uh, put the knife in the sail and slide yeah, and down. Yeah, and move it down, yeah. Um, which uh, Mythbusters tried, and that does not work. Dude, do not yeah, try I that, that episode. Yeah. Mythbusters yeah. was a quality show. Oh, I miss Mythbusters. My favorite thing I ever learned from there was that some pirates didn't wear the uh, eye patch for the sake of that they were missing an eye. Yeah, it was to when they were coming up and below deck. Yeah, yeah. So they, uh, did you ever know? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, what? so, so. The, so some obviously some pirates were missing eyes or whatever, and that's why they had an eye patch so you didn't have to see it or whatever. It wouldn't get infected or whatever. Mm-hmm. But some some pirates would actually wear it because when they were going above and below deck, since there was no light because lighting wasn't a thing, um, they would take they would have one eye covered by the eye patch, and then they would take it and move it to the other eye. So that this eye would be adjusted to the dark and they could actually see below deck. Oh, that's actually really smart. Yeah, and that's... it's weird because they proved it and they were like, yeah, actually, this this works, as far as I remember. Oh, my God, the showdown. Oh. Also, that's just the first time you see a red one and he's just standing over there. Yeah. And you immediately <laughs> understand that there are bad versions of Jedi. Yeah, I don't think you totally understand what that means till this scene. Yeah, but you're mm-hmm. like, oh, bad guy red, good guy blue. I understand completely. That's the thing, too. The oh, Old Man Got Master him. of Evil, Darth. <laughs> you know why he calls him Darth, right? Why? <laughs> Darth Vader? <laughs> no. So, Darth Vader was just supposed to be his name in this. 
Yeah, because he said oh, Jedi Darth, named Darth Vader. Last name Vader. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting because, like, he does not see any Anakin in this. He has completely dehumanized this person. And, like, once again, that's something that's kind of retroactive, but it is interesting. I mean, regardless of whether or not it's retroactive, you still understand it as the story and you know, I, is communicated. I wonder how much of that is his own guilt over it. Like, I killed Anakin. I did that. So, and because I've like had that in the back of my mind for 30 years, I haven't been able to say his name. Yeah. It's almost like he's just calling him Darth because that's the only thing he can bring himself to call him that. That's actually a very poetic way of looking at it, regardless of its original intent, which is weird because Vader is the German word for father. Yeah. And Darth Mm -hmm. is dark. Yeah. I do wonder uh, if I may level a critique towards a certain fight. Um, Yeah. Uh, Bring it, on the impact fraud. It needs more. It needs more wide shots like this one because a lot of them are kind of over the shoulder, uh, and it just this kind of more dual aspect works better when you can see the full breadth of motion. Yeah, and when mm. they're not just touching tips like they are right now. <laughs> well, and I'm fine with them like being very strategic. Like it's that one clean cut thing. That's all they're looking for. Yeah, like but, they, they both know how each other fights. Yeah, they're yeah, looking for an way, entry. So point. they're just like kind of being careful. Rather than doing something reckless. But I do think it could have been shot a little better. I love this. Okay, I, I love fine. the stormtroopers look over and they're like, Star Wars. oh, dude, there's a fight going on. Oh, dude, we got to watch. And everyone gives up. Because he knows something. This is very much the Joseph Campbell thing of like, how does the hero ascend by embracing their own death? And on top of that, too, I think, uh, as well as the hero's journey it's the death of the mentor yes you know, yeah which it works the, simultaneously yeah. for obi-wan and luke as characters yeah it sets up luke because luke's whole thing in six is that he's embracing death he knows yeah. that he's going to most likely die even mm-hmm. so far as to wear black throughout yeah. the entire thing yeah I, oh, return of the jedi has some really good stuff i'm not it. gonna lie that black luke skywalker outfit with the green lightsaber is literally Still. that is what i would want to look like as a jedi like that is verbatim how I would dress if I was a Jedi. Um, but yeah, it 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 plays into the death of the mentor. It plays into um like the descent on the Campbell wheel, but it also sets up what Luke is gonna have to do in his journey. And that is kind of the very spiritual thing. It's like, why do they have the Force? Well, why do we have religion? A big part of it is because we need to answer like existential questions about death. Mm. Wow, that was. That was like an essay. I just reread The Hero with a Thousand Faces like a month ago. So <laughs> I was thinking, I, I was like, man, book. he's going hard on the Joseph Campbell reference. I love that book. That's I love all of Joseph Campbell's work with mythology, but obviously that's the one that's permeated our culture the most. See, that's kind of the thing. This is definitely not Star Wars related, but it's something that I, I discuss with my dad quite... I, I used to discuss with my dad quite often. And the way he always... <sighs> I I never understood the way he responded because I never looked at this statement as bad. I, I said, I was like, you know, kind of speaking to like hero with a thousand faces or, or something like that, where, you know, you almost look at every story and it can be broken down into so many things. And I look at it like, yeah, the, the, the classic theory, there are only like seven plots to any movie or whatever. And, and the rest is just like filler. Yeah. Um, I told him that, and I was like, yeah, I, I just don't think there's many things you can do. And he was just like, 
I don't agree with that. I was like, yeah, but every movie I try to show you that doesn't do that, you're like, that's stupid. You're like, that's just too artsy. And it's just like, I, I, then, what? <laughs> like, I guess in my opinion, it's like, I don't care if point A and point B are the same. I care about what's in between. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's well, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Great example. It's a story that's been told before, but it's like, what makes it unique is like its style and its humor and the way the characters interact. And like, that's what makes it unique. From like a creative perspective, um, I never noticed that shot of R two with the fire. The fire. Yeah. I never noticed that. Wow, yeah. great miniature shot there of yeah. the Tie Fighter going over. I love Tie Fighter sounds too. I keep trying to find ways of incorporating. <laughs> I keep trying to find. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta do the Howie scream over it. You've seen that, right? No, I just found no, it you've really never... funny. I thought it was surprisingly accurate, and I was no, amused. No. Also, it was in my direction, so I got to see your face just like <laughs> looking towards, looking towards me, but also yeah. looking at the ground, just like. <laughs> well, that well, that's a that's the scream. That's not the Wilhelm scream. You know, the Wilhelm scream is the yeah. ah, but yeah. then the Howie scream is like. <laughs> and they do a, a whole uh, they do a whole edit of a, of the Tie Fighters, but it's just the, the, how we screaming going, yeah! <laughs> it's so good. I gotta send you that later, man. It's so good. <laughs> I'm so glad you liked that. Yeah, that was good. Oh, that was good. I, I very much liked that. So I just had a thought watching watching the Tie Fighters and the, watching it while I was screaming. <laughs> watching the dog fight what, is this idea of like so the good color is blue and the bad color is red with lightsabers, right? Mm-hmm. And eventually you're introduced to green, and but with blasters it's different, right? It's red blasters and then the Tie Fighters are green, so it's like good guys are like the colors are reversed. And I wonder how much mm-hmm. of that is like we do kind of perceive green in the West to be a more evil color. Like in a lot of things, like when you think of the killing court curse in Harry Potter is green. A lot of the imagery oh, is green. In yeah. Harry a lot of the imagery in Joker. Uh, yeah. In um, oh, yeah, that's true. Green Goblin. Yeah. Dr. Um, Doom. Lord of the Rings has a lot. Lord, of, Lord of the Rings. Imagery. Great example, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I wonder how much of that thought went into the green lightsaber is like, here's a Luke who is willing to play with both sides. So oh, I, like it was kind of an original purple. Kind yeah. Of I kind of wonder. I actually kind of look at that like this, the original. So the way I always viewed it as a kid and very much I could be wrong. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but it was like, you know, Luke has a blue lightsaber in the first two movies. And then when we see him in Return of the Jedi, he's much different. And he has a green lightsaber. And, you know, Vader even said, I see you've constructed a new lightsaber and all that. Uh, To me, it just, in these movies alone, (laughs) it spoke to his character evolving into something more of like a wise Jedi. But obviously, I mean, they gave canon reasons as to why green like is the way it is yeah and i don't oh, yeah, like I, that yeah i'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the canon reason but like i do like that they have reasons behind the crystals it gives more mythology to them but it was purely speaking in these movies i think it's just for luke's character arc into like more of a master position yeah like the the design of it's one thing uh the colors for lightsabers are very different and their meaning it are very different from uh the reasons for the blaster bolts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, like, 
the technical design reasons for the blaster bolts, but uh, the one of those things I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but uh, the the reason the blasters are different colors is because they're use they're using different gases. That makes a lot of sense. And oh, so it's actually like the reason you see uh, the Empire use uh, red lasers a lot. I mean, and and the rebels do too. Red is like the cheapest to produce, and so it's the ones that like you can make the more of and like just mass produce it, send out weapons, stuff like that. And so when you have ships like Tie Fighters, the reason that they're green is because they're designed to be more powerful. Whoa! That makes sense. So I guess you, that makes sense as to why the rebels have the red ones. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And so yeah, I didn't exactly. Know that. Oh, well, I God. recently learned this, uh, uh, not too long ago, but uh, and so. Actually, the blue ones have more of, like, an energy component to them. Whereas, like, that's why clones use them against droids. Mm -hmm. It's because, like, they're much more efficient about, like, instead of doing damage, like, actually, like, deconstructing things on, like, a systematic level and just, like, sending, like, a nervous shock through them. Interesting. Well, I, they also kind of say that, like, the stun color in this is blue as well. Yeah. So, I'm at... Wow! So, it's, that's I mean, really I, cool. I assume for that it's just kind of like a... I mean, some sci-fi, like, neurological shock thing. But You are ready to see Luke completely take down this city folk? Well, so here's what I want. The guy goes, oh, I can't hit that. And he goes, like, I used to kill vermin. They're watching, <laughs> uh, they're watching... Tron. Yeah, they're watching the Tron yeah. thing. <laughs> the blueprints of the Death Star. This was one of the first uh, things that, like, uses of CG in movies. Really? Yeah. Um, computer generated I thought it was PowerPoint. on Apple <laughs> computers by, uh, you know, the same systems that would lead to Pixar being created. It's really cool. Whoa. And, and I would assume also the same things with Tron. When did Tron come out? Uh, 19. Well, you're halfway 19. there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 19 AD. 19. Just 19. No, no, no AD. No, no flavor text. Just 19. No flavor text. Thank you. 1982. 19. And even just... Oh, uh, wow. Okay, that kind of makes sense. Even like the CG stuff they're able to do in that compared to what like five years earlier, which like that's all you could do five years earlier. All so. of these MS-DOS looking like computer things, I want them as screensavers. Like, like this one in particular, if you're watching along with us, it was like the planetary thing with like the laser type thing. I don't, I don't even know what it was supposed to be. I just want it. All right, gotta get, gotta get over here. I want like the aesthetic that you see in the... I'm not about to sneeze. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> that We've you had see a lot in the of Death almost burps and, <laughs> and almost sneezes today. But I've had a lot of almost a lot of other things that I hope didn't get picked up on the mic. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> uh, have you seen uh, pe like some people have like the lights in their room of like the kind of like the lights that you see on like the walls of the Death Star where it has like the it's like the yes. tube design kind yes. of thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I, I really love that aesthetic. I want and that, but I want that exclusively for like display cases for like action figures. Uh, yeah, I, I, get that. I actually want that for like collectibles and if, stuff. If I ever have like a proper man cave where I just I have a room in my house that I can do absolutely whatever I want to it, uh, one hundred percent putting those on the walls. Like if act 
like actual working lights. Since that, we are talk- I love that. Since we are talking that. about Star Wars and life, uh, I will go ahead and say that is absolutely my goal with the next place we're looking at getting. Like we're me and my girlfriend are looking at getting like a townhouse instead. And it's thing is I don't really have like my own room to do my own creative things in right now. Like n- nothing on her. She just works from home, and so it's easier to give her the office. Yeah, um, I gotcha. And like my stuff's in the corner, so I'm like, man, I'm just so excited to like have that space and kind of have the setup that uh you know joe and and you have here of like you know mics and being able to do whatever and there's the brother sister kiss on the cheek it's so wholesome except for when it's not yeah, um, hopefully it just stays like that yeah, and doesn't well, get any we worse. can only hope i rarely do i pray um but <laughs> man <laughs> oh there he is oh, hey ewan's hey. uncle who also hates star wars but he came back I can't believe. He Wait, broke no, that's for that. Ewan's uncle is Wedge, isn't it? That's Biggs. Oh yeah, yeah, that's you're Biggs? right. I think so, right? I thought he was what? Uh, yeah, no, it's not cares. Wedge. I don't care anymore. Somebody... I'm only yeah, yeah hey, that's Biggs. Biggs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, got you. Never mind. Yeah, well, I was about to say we'll be able to see because Biggs blows up. I'm pretty sure, right? No, Biggs comes back yeah. at the very end. And he's like, "I did it too, me." Okay, because I know Wedge survives. Obviously, he has to survive so he can come back and rise a Skywalker. <laughs> can I just say uh, one one other thing that I really love from the well, I, once again? It's a show I don't think is good, but I th- they have moments from the show that just live rent free in my head. And it's Family Guy, but like the I love that they always make Joe swanson the the hey Peter, like that like him i love they always make him a pointless character in these <laughs> so in the family guy one literally he shows he's like hey i'm big how are you and then like everything happens the fight happens and he comes back and goes i did it too me and they're like yeah and then in the next one he's, he's literally, the probe yeah, droid he's the probe droid going like whole time i just freaking love that um since we're shouting out uh, extrajudicial Star Wars things. One of my favorite videos I rewatched, and I and I've thought about it a couple times while watching this, is Mr. Sunday's uh, Mr. Sunday movies video that came out after Last Jedi. I know what you're talking. Where about. he starts ranting about Last Jedi is terrible and blah blah blah, and then he starts being like, "And Force Awakens was terrible," and then he goes, "And the prequels were terrible," and Return of the Jedi, and he just keeps going back. He <laughs> like, keeps going harder and harder. Yeah, and he's like, "And the original cut of Star Wars was terrible too." He's like, "All of this is terrible because it was supposed to be a Flash Gordon remake." <laughs> Dude, I have a guy at work who uh, constantly talks about his idea for. A Flash Gordon remake, and I'm like, bro, as much as <laughs> I constantly, no, yeah, because he, we always talk this about is ner- his thing. <laughs> we talk about nerds from our childhood, and he's like older than me, he's like, he's like around oh. uh, 45, like 50. Yeah, and, uh, he straight out was just like, man, I'm telling you, if I could do a Flash Gordon remake, and I'm like, I believe in you, I don't know if I Porkins. believe in you. Have you guys seen the edit of this where it's just Porkins, but the whole time he's just holding a big fry and Coke? No. <laughs> the no. same scene, but they edit like him holding like a giant McFry and like a Coke, and he's like, oh, God. <laughs> As you, he's like having a little trouble here, he just falls. <laughs> and then there's the version where he just keeps farting. I love the helmets. The helmets are so oh, cool. I so bad yeah, I love how they're, I, I mean, you know, they're like personalized, some of them at least. Which is very like. Um, very like Vietnam, you personalize your your helmet type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Or like World War Two, put something on like your uh, dogfighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simultaneously, I would actually say it's very similar to what you end up seeing the clones doing. And it yeah. Kind of, yeah, if anything, what's cool about that, it actually kind of demonstrates in a very subtle way that the the clones 
even though they're clones, are their own people in a lot of ways. Mm. In a way that the stormtroopers, who are biologically different, aren't. Because yeah. the stormtroopers are uniform. By the way, okay, so straight up, if you want to see, like, you were kind of talking earlier about, like, Tarkin and, like, oh, I would have loved to see this. I seriously think you should watch The Bad Batch because Tarkin is in there. Well, he's also in Clone Wars. Well, no, I know, but Tarkin especially is in The Bad Batch because he's literally overseeing, like, phasing out the clones. Well, that was less of me wanting to see Tarkin, more of me just wanting to see more of Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing together. I can understand that. (laughs) Christopher Lee's so cool. I know. I completely forgot he had a metal band until I I randomly came across a video, like, a month ago. (laughs) Favorite thing he's ever said? I'm right with you at three. I was right. No, that's not my favorite thing he's ever said. Favorite thing that Christopher Lee has ever said was about Lord of the Rings. So the the deleted scene where oh no, Porkins. Oh, Hang is this on. Porkins? Porkins? Oh no! No! Yes! Stop. I'm sorry. I do. <laughs> it's, it's I'm sorry. Funny. I do it's have funny. neighbors upstairs. <laughs> what? I don't care. It's Saturday. <laughs> I can get over it. They are very uh, loud. <laughs> yeah, seriously, they're stomping like cavemen every single time I come over. But no, uh, during Lord of the Rings, there's a deleted scene from the extended editions where, like, uh, where uh, Saruman, Saruman gets, gets stabbed. stabbed. Yeah. yeah, and, like, well, he used to be in, like, CIA or, like, the, the British... Yeah, the British version of yeah. it. Yeah. British I'm, I'm not sure... Five? I'm not sure... If it it was, I'm not sure if it was in my five because it was. Oh, that, you were serious. I thought you were. No, like, I'm legit. Like I thought wondering. you were like MI five. I was like six. It's, Shouldn't it be six? No, well, there's, there's MI five and MI six. Oh, so gotcha. I don't know which one's which. It's whichever one is tied he had, he had to the Killing people, Nazi specifically. Yeah, and he was like, he was like, you know, Peter Jackson was telling him like, all right, I want you to, I want you to do like this whenever you get stabbed, and he's like. Do you have any idea what it sounds like when a man actually gets stabbed? <laughs> and he said he was like, and he's like, it, it's like a, <gasps> you know, it's not a, oh, it's, it's, it's the, the breath because you don't expect it. And then Peter Jackson said, I stopped questioning him after that. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> well, and I'm like, <laughs> he just like puts his hand on his shoulder. Do you have any idea? <laughs> Do you know what it's like for a man to get stabbed? Not to talk over Peter, the trench. Do you know why I use knives? Not to, <laughs> not to talk over uh, the trench run sequence, which is one of the best action sequences in cinema history. But Actually, I want to yeah. keep talking about Christopher Lee. It's fascinating. He wanted to be an RAF pilot, but what he had something wrong with his eyes, he with his vision, so he couldn't be a pilot. That's how he got involved in the secret intelligence. No way. Yeah, and he could never talk about what he did in secret intelligence. All. All we know is that he was a Nazi hunter. Like, That's why he played Dracula. Man, he was such a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah, I seriously, man. Oh, it just I also Nazi love hunter to metal band member. To literally <laughs> like the second most powerful <laughs> Sith during an entire like era. Man, he was so happy to come back for the Hobbits because he wanted to play Saruman as a good guy. Too bad that those were yep, the Hobbits. Too bad uh, there was the Hobbit <laughs> movies. My Star Wars prequels. Honestly, yeah. I actually have always said the Hobbit movies are worse than the Star Wars prequels, and I will fight anyone on that. And they're like, well, no, they're good-looking movies. I'm like, oh, no, no. Quality-wise, they're... Quality-wise. I mean, by quality, I mean, like, cinematography and whatever else. They're fine. They're functional movies. But the problem is with those, and I won't go on a huge tangent about this, but the, the biggest problem with those is that, like, Lord of the Rings was written as a sequel to The Hobbit, 
Hobbit was not written as a prequel to Lord of the Rings, and that's exactly the way they were treating it. And that's not how you should do that. Whereas, like, the prequels in these movies were written as prequels. Yeah. This is leading up to the Star Wars you know, and I think that's why they excel. Well, my thing, the reason I call my Star Wars prequels is that it is something that, like, my nostalgia really wants me to like, but because it doesn't live up to my extremely high expectations, I can... You cannot justify it. Yeah, I'm just, like, irrational about it. I can't, I, like... If you like the Hobbit movies, like more power to you. I can't. It's yeah. like, and I, I, I wish say I that I'm like, look, if there's a movie that you like and I don't, I look. I wish I could be in your boat. I really wish I could. I can't. Aren't yeah. the Hobbit movies also in like 60 FPS or some? It's, well, 34, okay. I think. Oh, I mean that's still like higher than usually high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so can you imagine if the prequels were in 60 FPS? The, the problem is what that what it ends up looking like. It looks like someone smeared Vaseline all over the camera. Uh, it's just like, oh god! Like the human eye was not meant to see this. You know, it's <laughs> like it's it, like people don't move like that. So it's weird to see movies like moving like that. It's a thing because there's there's been a couple other people who have done that. Um, I'm forgetting the director's name, but the guy who did Gemini Man, um, shooting in oh, true uh, 120. Yeah, like okay. I'm glad y'all have your little pet projects and stuff. Get the bad like use of this out of the way because then a better not better director but just a director who can learn from your mistakes will come back walk so that better people can run yeah or not even better like just like they have better well i'm thinking of like i'm thinking of like steven soderbergh does all his stuff on iphone sound like steven soderbergh's a great director yeah but because of what he's doing now people will be able to learn and they'll make better they'll make better use of an iphone for a film camera probably not you you probably should just uh, use real it, cameras it's just breaking down <laughs> it's going look anyone can do this and it's showing them that i i understand it's the same way jack white plays guitar it's like you know he's like i want to make it a challenge at all levels and i i'm like i do not agree with that however i'm really appreciating the fact that you you do that because it makes your music more interesting angley was the director angley oh wait gemini one gemini man that's the one yeah. where will smith goes back in time to slap his younger self no there are two will smiths but then it turns out there are three to slap oh god there was a third one <laughs> there's no slapping surprisingly what a movie okay. and no wife to keep the name out of the mouth so. my, that's my oh my god that's my favorite <laughs> meme i've seen from that is that marvel has officially cast will smith as the new punisher the slapper <laughs> coming to theaters may 2023 and it's like will smith and like a punisher style shirt but it's just a big white hand that's opened <laughs> we have fully gone off the rails with i this. am so sorry no no uh, we all do it look, i was racing about expensive uh gas lasers he's yeah using. that's how you know um no like we just got past the point where the ship went <laughs> but it's also very hard please stop doing that it's also <laughs> it's kind of hard to talk about the trench run while it's going on because like it is it, such a it's so good but it's, it's kind also of, kind of long though <laughs> and it's kind of hard to explain it's like and now the ships are flying through these miniature sets unless oh, but you, the guns they stop should we firing. do the star wars trench run asmr all right everyone so now Hello, they're telling him this is red four no, red four to tower. red leader Caleb, this is just an excuse for him to do the scream again he wants to build it up. He's if he does it again, I actually <laughs> literally wasn't going to. If but he now does, that you've said no, it. no. If you do it again, I'll go over there and I'll just mute your mic for the rest of the <laughs> <laughs> Which will make my screaming even funnier because it's going to be... It's going to be picked up on the other mics. <laughs> this is really what 
solidifies Luke as the hero of Star Wars because this is like he's the only named character here besides R2 and then eventually Han but like he gets so much to do in this segment where yeah. I, I I'd never thought of that yeah that's true I mean I yeah I mean I just love that he kills 250,000 probably innocent people who just wanted a job no they're they're complicit <laughs> They're, no. they're traitors like the rest remind of me they're to complicit bring in the up system. something of, <laughs> they're oh, the genocide ball of I was going this. to say I know exactly what you're going to bring up which is no that... it's a very specific thing okay got yeah, you, I, got you. I'll, I'll explain why I don't really want to talk about it on the episode right now oh alright then but... <laughs> do you think there are anyone working for the Empire who's from Alderaan who are just sitting there and being like man I, I realize we're under attack but I'm still grieving and I'm really questioning my life decisions <laughs> How many uh, stormtroopers put in their two weeks notice after Alderaan was blown up? Damn, I was two weeks from retirement. <laughs> nah, they're uh, still delusional and they're still like, we can change the system from within. Uh, we, can <laughs> we can turn the Sorry, genocide guys. ball yeah, into something fascism better. doesn't work like that. <laughs> I hope it shows him again. Have you ever noticed how Vader's uh, hood is like slightly lifted off it's his helmet sli- in this scene? Yeah, you think he it's was like like trying couple... to get some sweat off? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't like... breathe in this thing. Turn off your target computer. What's wrong? I got some guy in my ear. <laughs> Can you imagine if he failed this shot? <laughs> Here's my thing. Just slow down a little bit. Well, everyone who would hate him would be dead in a minute. I mean, so that's like, true. It Fine. Fine. There are those comics where it's like, what if uh, the oh Empire had Oh my god, he just killed R2. <laughs> I love yeah. that. I, I kind of love that the only interaction that Vader had with R2 in these movies that was significant was he just shot him. <laughs> yeah, went, I'm kind of <laughs> curious about that. Like, he never runs, or he never, like, sees them from afar or anything, does he? No, yeah, they Is never Vader- mention at all that they... Oh, hang on. It's another one of those things that's like, obviously it wasn't a thought while they were making these, but now it's like Anakin has this rich history oh. with R2 and 3 Here we go. Here we go. What? What? <laughs> we get the I do love the little shimmer of light behind the... Uh, <laughs> Just that the, perfectly the, placed oh, sun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... Man. Is that what they said after they made Rise of Skywalker? Let's blow this thing. <laughs> Let's and go. blow this thing and go home. <laughs> oh, I love this! Just uh, everything shutting down. John you Williams get one score. Last Peter Cushing look, and then death. That ring explosion, man! That is freaking iconic. Man, mm-hmm. John Williams score does so much for this whole sequence, keeping the tension up, but especially at that end part. But, like, it opens up to be, like, these long chords after the Death Star blows up as if the tension of the moment is gone. And yeah. then you see Vader again and it goes... Yeah, it's kind of like a, and Vader will return and the yeah. Empire strikes back. Will the Vader come back? <laughs> I don't see any gonk droids. What a sad time. Sad. Where are they getting their energy? <laughs> Have they used the reusable gonk droids? Look at how happy Han is. He thought this was going to be the only movie where he had to do with <laughs> deal with They're going to kill me in the next one, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> George? 
I do think you see him kind of give up in return, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, especially yeah, he's when he's like, done. can I just be blind and have you guys do all the work during the first act? I'm just not there. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Harrison, Leia's going to tell you that Luke's her brother. Just re- react how you think Han would react. Stares into the dirt. <laughs> Oh no! Oh. Remember, remembers the kiss. Oh God! Han has buttoned up his top button. You know it's gotten serious. Can I just say, Luke with the yellow jacket is a yes. look that I need more of, and I'm really about it. It's I'm very, I'm really uh, glad it's in the comics, yeah, but I'm sad yeah, yeah. it's I'm sad it's only in uh, like this scene in the movies because oh. I think it's it's my favorite look he has. I'm a big fan of the. Uh, I, I think the black from Return of the Jedi will always be my favorite. But like, I really yeah, I love... should have clarified. Probably black actually. Yeah, first. It, it just <laughs> matches. I had there is evidence of me in another episode where I talk about how much I love the black. Suit. But the yellow, <laughs> the yellow represents where he is here. He's finally the adventuring young hero he wants to be. Yeah, and like eventually he'll mature out of that. But the, I do think the yellow jacket does capture that. Definitely. Look at how shiny C-3PO is. And there's and Dr. Wily they right beside my him. butt. What? <laughs> <laughs> Just silence after <laughs> All right, that's weird, C-3PO. I love how much foliage there is in the base. It's very Miyazaki. <laughs> I thought you said I... cleavage. <laughs> Well, no, there what? aren't enough women. <laughs> I heard and I was just like... Someone's just like, focused what? on something. Look, she's in the middle of the frame like a I, Wes Anderson movie. I love how Weird Caleb's thinking about foliage, it. you're thinking about boobs, and I'm thinking about the fact that they lined up everybody based on what they were wearing at the time. Clearly, <laughs> our priorities are in different places. <laughs> and Chewie's like, dun, I'm dun, here dun, too. Star Wars, everybody. Yay. Wow. We, we did, did it. it. First we commentary did it. episode. Let's go. Get yeah. ready for episode nine in approximately eight years. <laughs> because in between, we will do solo, so maybe 12. I don't know. We will no, warm no. these up. I, yeah, we'll we'll discuss exactly how we'll do these. It probably won't be one every year, though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, definitely I, not. No, God, <laughs> God, no. I, please, please, no. We'll have, <laughs> we'll have the next one out so- at some point. Let, you won't have to wait a year. So, okay. hey, David Prowse made the credits. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> it's not Return of the Jedi. <laughs> All right, I'm going to. I need to stop the credits before uh, Empire starts playing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, before this becomes a double commentary special. Yep, yep. So. What what are kind of I, I guess to wrap it up in a way like what are kind of our thoughts? Uh, it's a good movie. Yeah, hot take. <laughs> this movie's still good. <laughs> Forty five years later, I think they should build like a whole like expanded universe around this. Actually, maybe have some sequels. See, I think that that's only going to work in books because I think the moment you go out of that, people are probably going to hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. They should only do books from now on. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. I yeah. think the two uh, the two takeaways I have are one just the editing how much that saves this movie um, honestly like, yeah so it's such a well paced movie mm-hmm. and then two um, how much we're able to pull out of this movie both from expanded lore but also just our head cannons because we've seen it so many times yeah it's that thing where when you watch something good you get something new out of it every time mm-hmm. I also think it was so. Uh, to get slightly existential with it, what I love about 
us in particular watching these movies is that our generation, you know, I mean, we all were born like mid nineties and like, we were all like 25, 26 ish and we're 24, depending on who's in the room. I'm very I'm 25 old. next week. I'm oh, what? Next literally week? a week from today. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Merry Birthmas. <laughs> I, I, Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, no, but uh, what I, what I love is that like, we were kind of the last generation that didn't at least didn't have good internet access and to the point where we weren't looking at forums and posts and everything about theories and and oh that stuff things. definitely existed it just it we weren't existed. in the world because we were too young exactly yeah. but yeah. like what i love is that we had the time and we had the the, the i don't know the the opportunity to really build up what we thought about these movies in our lives and in our own heads to where we came out of it with our own meanings. And yeah. we would talk to friends and be like, wait a minute, that's not what that means. And I'm like, what? That I feel like that's that's just what I always thought. It's kind of like how I always assumed if you had a robot hand, you couldn't use the force with it. I always assumed that. Because Grievous couldn't use the Force. And then I was like, oh, no, he's oh, just no, not Force-sensitive. Yeah, he was just a robot. Got it. Okay. <laughs> and that's Because I also thought, because at the time, I'd only seen Attack of the Clones up to that point. I was like, oh, Anakin only has one robot arm. And then he probably gets damaged a little bit and can't breathe as well. And then it's like, no, no, no. All of his arms are robot limbs. And I'm like, oh. It's like my understanding of the franchise kind of like expanded as the movies kept going. Yeah. But I like that we all just had the opportunity to grow up with it in our own heads and, and bring that perspective to the table. I think that's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is ultimately why um, I'm going back to that refrain of like Star Wars belongs to everyone because no matter – and I'm basically quoting straight from my last Jedi review. I don't care. Yeah. But like no matter who the author is and no matter who owns the legal rights to it, once you sit down with Star Wars – that's your movie for the next two hours. And I think that's really in like, then you can bring it into community and watch it with other people. And I think that's what really makes like the stories that last. That's what makes them matter is that you can share them with other people. Wow. That is extremely profound, but that makes complete sense given the cultural impact of star Wars. Mm -hmm. Alex, any thoughts? It's good. <laughs> it's late. I get it. It's good. I mean, it's funny you say that because, like, I mean, that's that is the oversimplification of what I was gonna say. It's, and it's just, it's just, it's another one of those things. Of every time I watch this movie, it's just, it's another reminder of how, like, I don't ever get tired of this. Mm-hmm. That and like, there's, I, I've briefly touched on this where I've talked about like what Star Wars means to me, but like, this is a movie that I like often specifically watch when I'm like. Like, I'll watch it if I'm sick. I'll watch it if I'm stressed. I actually had a very stressful week leading up to this. But uh, it's just, like, it's, like, for me, it's pure comfort. And, like, that just, that remains true to this day. And it's just, I don't know, I'm just happy. (laughs) Yeah. Like, my brain's not analyzing too much right now. I'm just in pure, like... You're just like, I'm just just like, what, how, how am I feeling in this moment right now? And it's just, yeah, it's just, I, I know everything about this movie, but it, it all just, it always feels fresh, like, to this day for me. It's kind of interesting how it works in my head that way, but it does. And I think so. that that's because, like, as you get older, like, your perspective changes. Like, I appreciate Star Wars in a completely different way now than what I did when I was a kid, you know? And, like, I, I, love, I love the way you kind of said that. You're like, yeah, I watch it when I'm sick. I watch it when I'm stressed. 
It just I also just calms. watch when I'm happy. But yeah, yeah. Exactly. I watch when I'm happy. It's no, I mean you can watch it literally given any situation in your life. Yeah, it's like a universal constant. Like this is a good thing for me. Absolutely, and I I I think it's just fantastic that we've all been able to share this together for a year and been able to. I I just been able to like reaccess this thing that meant so much to us in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, and I definitely want to thank all of our listeners for joining us on this, especially if you sat down and, you know, took two hours out of your time to to watch this with us. Listen to three guys talk about how much they like star Wars and other things for a very (laughs) long time. With about 20% commentary on the movie, 80% just rambling. Much like severe ADHD. Well, much like our first ever experiment with star Wars therapy. I did think we talked about this movie for approximately five whole minutes. (laughs) So, I'm good with the uh, with the outcome on this one. Yeah, <laughs> I I can't disagree with you. Um, and it's man, I very very late, very tired. We've all had weird weeks, weird but, weeks, long days. But <sighs> I mean, this is why we do the podcast so we can get together and have fun and like enjoy something like a common interest of ours. So thank y'all for doing this for a year and for, you know, 12 months trekking out to my house and, you know, sitting and talking to me about Star Wars for hey, a while. Thank you, buddy. It's 20 minutes away. Not a big deal. <laughs> That's true. No. It's not like, it's Five not like we live away, in other cities. It's not like going to my drummer's house for band practice where it's an hour away. <laughs> Which is why I am telling you now that I'm actually moving to North Carolina. So you will have to drive four hours instead of record on the podcast, huh? All right, I'm going to deal with this one as it comes. All right, so uh, uh, y'all have anything you want to shout out where people can find you, anything like that, if people are still listening this far <laughs> into the episode? Uh, you can find me at Steven on YouTube. It is S-T-E-E-B-E-N, and you can find me on Instagram at Steven Weben, spelled exactly how you think it is. I will have something up on my channel that is new by the time you hear this. So, And Exciting. you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Alex Bryson. And you can find me at twitch.tv slash st3phe underscore. And you can find me at Caleb from the Real World on Instagram and YouTube. And from there, you can find my litany of other podcasts, Hot Trash Unlimited, All New 52, and The Snub Club. And also, I am on an episode of All New 52 that is out right now where I talk about Mr. Miracle and how much Joe hates it. (laughs) Well, you talk about how much you like it. Um, Eh, Same difference. It's it's a balancing act for sure. (laughs) Um, but yeah, thank y'all for watching. Thank y'all for sticking with us for a year. If you guys want other people to find the podcast, tell a friend, but also uh, give us a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, that helps us be boosted up in the algorithm and other Star Wars fans to find it and get a little bit of Star Wars therapy where we talk about Star Wars and, and life. life. <laughs>